This episode of the Link Up Podcast is brought to you by Moody & Co. CBD is everywhere these days, from supplement and nutrition stores to gas station displays. With so many options, how can anyone make sense of what to buy, how to properly dose, or trust in the quality and purity of the products? Luckily, our friends at Moody & Co. have all your bases covered. Moody & Co.'s products started their life, hand-grown, and cultivated following strict organic growing practices in the fertile soil of the West Tennessee Delta. Each hemp plant was hand-planted on their family-operated farm, fed only high-quality organic nutrients, and finished their life free of any toxic pesticides and sprays. Moody & Co.'s world-class extraction and manufacturing partners are FDA-grade and CGMP compliant, so you can be sure each and every product is of the highest quality. What about potency and purity? Each of Moody & Co.'s products is third-party, lab-tested before and after the manufacturing process, and the tests are available for you right on their website. Their website is www.moodyand.co. I'll spell that for you. That's www.moodyand.co. How about that for transparency? Dosing instructions are on each bottle and their tinctures feature graduated droppers so you can be sure you are taking exactly what you need. With all the uncertainty about what goes into the products that go into you, you can rest easy with Moody & Co. CBD. Available at www.moodyand.co or on the shelf in Memphis and Oxford, Mississippi locations of Nail Bar & Co. Once again, I'll spell that website for you. It's www.moodeand.co. And now to our episode. Well, we appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it's been, what, a while since I tried to get you on. It has. It's just hard getting everyone's schedules together. Right. But uh, here we are, and uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so how did you How did you even get into what you, what you do? Oh, that's a long story. Okay, long story short, um, during the pandemic, I got cancer. And I had already started chemo and I was kind of starting to feel sick, look sick. Well, to me, not to anybody else. I um, didn't tell people that I had cancer. I was hiding it. But for me personally, I was like, I want to do something for myself where I felt attractive. So I didn't know Joel. I had never met Joel. And I was <laughs> drunk one night at the bar. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to book Joel Wilson for a photo shoot. So I hit him up on Facebook. I slid in his DMs and I was like, are you ready to break the internet? And he said, uh, I already broke Facebook. So why not? <laughs> so I kind of, uh, did my first photo shoot ever for me so that I kind of felt better physically about myself. It was something for me. And I was like, you know what, if this is my last day or last week on earth, you know, I can't take the money with me anyway. 
it was something for me. So um, I ended up booking the shoot with Joel. So it wasn't really to get into influencing or to do modeling. Yeah. I had a different original idea for it. And it was just for me, for my self-esteem. And uh, kind of over the weeks after the first photo shoot, I kind of got, started getting traction from other models following me, other photographers following me. And then we did the next big shoot and it kind of took from there. And he was like, you know, Devin, if you end up seeing the end of this, he was like, do you kind of want to like brand this and do something? And I was like, well, yeah. And then, you know, I ended up beating cancer and he was like, if you want to take this more seriously, you know, cause I dance full time. Yeah, yeah. He's like, do you want to do something else? Like, do you want to brand this and take it? And I was like, all right, let's do it. But yeah, so it had started out something else very more intimate and personal. And it kind of just went from there. I never had meant to actually be a model drew influencing, but it kind of, I guess, panned out that way. Yeah. But I think it was just an alignment. It was, you know, just kind of this domino effect of events that brought me to where I am today. Now, did you know Joel at all before no. you hit him up? You just no, cold DMs. I was ready. <laughs> Tell him about the response. What, about, what do you mean about the response? The flex is the fact that she can afford you. <laughs> so what was my first response that I unsent? Because I made it a point after the fact to bring it up. So he unsent a message, but it was already there on my lock screen. Yeah. So I saw it before. <laughs> and uh, he was like, well, do you want to do video or just pictures? And I was like, well, I might as well do it all. You know, if I want to like promote myself or do whatever, I might as well just do it all. You know, why not? And he had said, well, if you can afford it, unsent <laughs> the message and said it again, like vaguely, like, well, you know, if, if it like would benefit you or it fits in your budget, I can't remember how he went about it and so i venmoed him a good amount of money there from the bar but how much was it over two thousand dollars like just to make it seem like she was legit and you're like okay well, i got I'm you got my chance and so yeah my average rate is about five thousand an hour so when was this last year no it's 2021 it's 2023 we're in a new year joseph wow so <laughs> i've dated since the end of drink so like, <laughs> he's had more trauma. <laughs> I've had more trauma. So what is your going rate right now for like a day shoot with you? Five thousand an hour. An hour? Yeah. He's a fun time. Holy fuck. Five five thousand an hour. Yeah. What about for ten minutes? I want some photos done. <laughs> <laughs> what deal can you cut? So, so, so here's the thing. I mean, can you help me? I need some Tinder. I need some Tinder profile pictures. Tinder? No, we gotta go more than that. We gotta probably go to OF. <laughs> Tinder. Tinder's not good enough player. Yeah. No. Um. I. So last year was a different story for me, but. This year you can't like it's not you can't book me like you can't book me for an hour you can't but I'm completely booked like so wow, that's so awesome. I mean I run off contracts now so just off of contracts loan I've we're talking about six figures so for me to entertain somebody for an hour would be disrespectful to anything that I do yeah that's so that's, so someone like her though it's very valuable for her brand because I am her content creator and so she it's, it's like carrying around Prada or like um. Ferrari, you know, that's, that's just what it is. I think since I've started shooting, I've shot with what only two people. And they were only three of me. Yeah. 
Were you busy? That's why you referred no, no, to no. People? It's just that's how I that's how it work is. Um, I introduce people. Um, I connect people. I have my circle, so like my circle is very you know trusted and very valuable. So like when if if I have my friends or whatever, I put my friends in contact with my other friends, and like that's that trust like you can count on. So that's what I do. So these photographer, any photographer like that's in my circle, like I'll put them on to people I'm working with, you know, to gain value or to just create connections. So that's, those are the only people she works with. Right. So the people that you refer her to. Correct. So you got like a stable of photographers. Oh. <laughs> like a pimp has a stable of hoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mine's more a stable. No, no, like I'm, I'm pretty big. So I'm, pr- I'm pretty big in the boudoir community. Oh, okay. Like, Really big. It's not like this. I'm not exaggerating, uh, even though I've been drinking. Uh, but no, like, I mean, that's just like, that's, I mean, I brand myself as being elite because I am. And, you know, anybody that per, like, that's what they brag about. I mean, just like for you, if you were to go buy a nice car, like an extremely nice car, guess what you're probably going to do? You're going to brag about it. Same thing with photography. So like, I'm her, her brand. Yes. That she. How'd you get started? <sighs> I hired a wedding photographer, and I felt that I could have done better for what I paid her for. Oh, damn. That's the worst. And I was like, I was I was making really good. I was making about 200000 a year at the time. I was a pipeline sur- uh, surveyor. I was running my own crew, and I was doing really well. Um, but I was like, what could I do, like start my own business with a low overhead? Photography. I was always creative. Like, I was a professional musician in my early 20s. So I've always been, like, part of the creative arts, whatever. I'm like, Pfft. I could do that. Yeah. So I don't even do this stuff for fun. It's more of a just, uh, I'm better than so many people. So I continue to do it and I continue to make money and I get to spend more time with my kids. So, so how'd you transition that to like boudoir? I left my wife. <laughs> I mean, you asked what I mean. You <laughs> asked, well, it's not, it's not, was she holding me back? Yes, not intentionally. But like I was devoting all my time into to making money for my family and, you know, and just, it wasn't about me at the time. Yeah. And then I'm like, my work is so good. I could flex that on women. How'd you know you had talent? Women told me. <laughs> yeah, oh, because being honest. Yeah. And the pictures that you uh, I've seen that you've posted, you yeah. know, and then I started following you like they're amazing. They're really fucking good. And I was wondering, like, how long is like how long do you work to edit on a photo before you let her have it? Like, you gotta send it to her or well, whatever. That's what I was saying. Like, it's. She's actually seen my process. Like, I've actually allowed her to see my process. Really? Yeah, I've sat there awesome. with him. But it's, it's insane. Like, but I can. It just comes with experience, man. Like, yeah. you know, but at the same time, I can walk into room. Like, when I walked into the, this room, I immediately saw the lighting. I saw the overhead lighting. I was like, that's trash. I hope we're not going with that. <laughs> but that's not your fault. But I saw that light. I'm like, okay, great. So, you know, like when I walk in a room compared to when y'all walk in a room, we both have different ways of just how we see things. And I mean, it was like, okay, well, you know, I already see that the end result of how this podcast is going to be shot. Like I can see the end result. And I think that's the problem with a lot of photographers, videographers, whatever, is that they, they aren't able to see the end result. So a lot of times they're guessing and then they end up second guessing themselves on their edits. But the moment I sit down, boom, 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 done. So if you want to ask, if your question is, how long do you spend per edit? A minute and a half. So you knew when you came into the room, when you saw the room layout, that you knew how you wanted to shoot it right away when you went to get your gear. Thousand percent. Got you. 
Yeah, it's um, I will being in Memphis, I will make day trips to shoot with him in uh, Nashville. And I've been on the drive back, the three and a half hour drive back, and he's already got edits for me. And it's better than the turnover that I've had a month or longer with other photographers. But I will say, I don't want to discredit other photographers. The professional turnaround for, let's just say, portraits is about 30 days. Yeah, that's been my experience. So those are like your friends that they may, they may take up to 30 days to email her or send her photos. Is that what you're saying? Just any professional. Oh, any, oh okay, okay, any okay. professional. And I've, I've shot before with other people before him. But again, it was for fun. And um, it, it takes about 30 to 45 days to get something back. Like you're going to record this podcast. I don't know if you're going to do any editing to it, but you know, once y'all email me the audio, it's literally just going to be me going through it. Boom, 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 boom. And you're probably talking about a one to three day turnaround as far as what I think is valuable from this podcast for her to post. And I mean, like I can give you all the exact, like the long edit, but you know, it's just like, I already know how I want to do this. I already know how, like the topics I'm looking for. And you know, I'm not your average photographer videographer because I also add value to the people I work with. So, like, that's my goal. It's not just to come in here and make y'all look good. Like, if you guys were to hire me as, to come shoot y'all's podcast, it's not about shooting y'all's podcast. It's about, okay, well, what's going to make you guys valuable? So, I'm also going to give you a shot list, and I'm going to give you topic points that you should be asking all of you. Like, it's so much more Like it's so much more than you guys think working with the average photographer videographer. Like, I add value to what my clients do. That drunk message on Facebook at Canvas was one of the best things I did. <laughs> but that's, I didn't realize at the time, he was a friend of a friend, and we were Facebook friends, but had never spoken mm -hmm. or met before. And I had just seen, and so that's what had triggered the idea is that I was on Facebook at the bar and his pictures, and I was like, those are magazine worthy. And I was like, that's the one that's going to make me feel like make me feel better yeah. right now. I was like, this is, I want to do something for me. And I was like that, those images, I was like, that's what I want. So that's what triggered me to message him was it was more than just word of mouth. It was kind of seeing everything online. I was like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. That's uh that's legit that now you've trusted 100% with all your work, mm -hmm. right? He's been my full-time content creator for over a year now. She still don't listen to me. I don't. <laughs> I don't. It's that pretty privilege. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, do this and it'll be better. Oh, no, no, no. I wanted this. Yeah. And then you have to argue with her, right? Yeah. So who else do you uh, content create for? Uh, Shy Eubank. I just recently shot um, Danny Warsnot from Asking Alexandria. Uh, Teddy Swims. Just for like just the name drop for like recent people I've worked with. Um, I shoot um, car content for performance shops. So I'm like really all over the place when it comes to I like to call myself the hoe whisperer. <laughs> I, you laugh. You laugh. I, I may be five, six on a good day. But, but, but no, like people like I it is what it is. I, I'm really good at shooting women and I'm not like I'm not your average predator. Mm. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> no, but um, like, I, man, I just, I value women on a different level and I'm just really good at shooting them and making them feel good about themselves. Even though I make fun of their forehead during the shoot, <sighs> you can ask Devin. Um, ask I'm very, me. but I see, I'm more, <laughs> see, I'm more realistic with my art, right? Like I'm just more realistic. Like if you're ugly and you book me, you're going to be ugly in 4k. <laughs> 
I'm not. It's not a joke. That's my branding. Like I'm real to the T. I don't fake this whole come be beautiful, blah 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 blah. Because I don't want mental health to be a part of like what I like. Yeah, can it be great for your mental health? Absolutely. But I don't want you to rely your mental health. Like I, I walked away from that, and his his quality was way too good to show me that I'm not as pretty as I thought I was. Like I don't want to be responsible for that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 50K. Yes. Tell us how the name came. (laughs) So what happened was, um, pre-cancer. So I'm a pretty confident person, uh, naturally, anyway. Self-love, whatever you want to call it, empowerment. He hates that word. But prior to... um, Cancer, I had spent $50,000 on my body. And that's where 50K came from. Is I've had, I had had one boob job and I've had two BBLs. I've had a couple of like, you know, liposuction, laser treatments, all of that. All of it collectively was 50000 And I don't lie about it. Um, I was actually checking out of my hotel last week. And I was talking to one girl and there was someone over here at the desk. And uh, she was like, okay, so your body's unfair. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. I was like, I paid for it. You know, I'm a woman's woman. Like, and the girl was like, that's really honest that you, like, you, you're honest about it. And I was like, I don't, I don't lie about it. I was like, literally my social media handle is 50 k so we're kind of past that now, but we're at like 58K now. We're at 58K now because I just got my boobs redone a couple of months ago. But that's kind of where it came from. So after um, it was a joke. So um, with my friend group, we used to go to dinner every Tuesday. That was our thing. We went to dinner every Tuesday. And one of my friends had texted, texted my other friend and was like, yeah, you know, uh, Devin wants to go to the Italian restaurant this week. And he's like, oh, he's like my 50K bae. She can have whatever she wants. And I was like, why? So it was a joke. It started out as a joke. And I was like, why do I like that so much? So it kind of ruminated for a couple of weeks. And I was like... Why do I like that so much? And I had been talking to Joel about it. And he was like, I mean, if you want, he's like, it's not bad. He's like, if you want to brand it and run with it, he's like, we can, like, we can put it on your videos. We had posted a TikTok of me outside of House of Adore from one of our photo shoots. And he had put 50K Bay on it or whatever. And we had posted it and kind of like went from there. So it started out as a joke just among friends because they all knew, you know, how much money I yeah. spent on my body. And, and I was just like, I don't know. I thought about it for a couple of weeks and I was like, that's actually not bad. Because, you know, a lot of people, they don't use their actual government names for things. Yeah. Now that people think that my government name is my real name anyway, because <laughs> they're like, Devin Steele. Like, is that a stage name? I was like, no, that's my birth name. It doesn't sound like one, but that is my government name. But I was like, kind of like, is a surname or something? I was like, it wouldn't be bad to kind of brand that and run with it. So it, it started as a joke. Over dinner, like, and I just, it just kind of sat with me for a little while. And I was like, I kind of want to. And they were like, well, why don't you just change your socials? So I did. Um, some people know why I, um, where it comes from, but a lot of people don't. I still get questions today. They're like, so 50K. I'm like, so what happened was I dropped a few, I dropped a few racks on this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my, my friend actually was like, you know what? Fuck it, Devin. Just go to 100K. And I was like, I mean. <laughs> what else do you want to get done? I 
don't know what else I would do. I don't know. Kind of like maybe. Um, so at first I wanted to stay as natural as possible with dancing because it can be a turnoff, the exaggerated look or whatnot. So I went as natural as I could the first two times. Um, now that I'm kind of doing the social media and stuff, I wouldn't be against kind of going a bit more extreme if I wanted to. So maybe down the road, I would kind of accentuate a little bit more. Like like tits out to here? Okay, not not that much. Back problems. That's what's popping in my head. I was like, how big are you talking no, about going? Like, but like maybe like the waist a little bit smaller, the hips mm. a little bit bigger, more of that Instagram model like persona. Yeah. Um, but at first when I had, like I said, like I hadn't always expected to be the Instagram model influencer thing. Just being a dancer, I was like, I don't want to be too fake or plastic, whatever, Mm -hmm. because it could be a turnoff. And they're just like, uh, you know, it's a fantasy. You know, they want you to be, like, naturally thick or whatnot. Yeah. And I have been slim thick my whole life, but I just kind of, you know, went up a little bit. So now doing more, being on more social media platforms, I wouldn't be against kind of going a little bit more dramatic if I kind of came to that. I wouldn't be against it. When was your your first BBL? 2018. I had only been in Memphis dancing. I wasn't living in Memphis, but I had only been dancing in Memphis for maybe six months. Mm -hmm. When I left and did my first BBL, I had a terrible experience. Plastic surgery is hit or miss. I was not happy the first time. I had a lot of issues. I guess botched, as you would say. So I waited probably about... So I went in January. It was three days before or three days after my birthday. It was my birthday gift to myself was that I went and got my body done again in Miami. The first time I went to Atlanta, the second time I went to Miami. Um, And so I over over a year, I thought about it because I was scared to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, what if I have a bad experience again? So I found a different surgeon, um, went down to Miami and did it again. And then I got diagnosed with cancer two months later. That's rough. Yeah. So I'd had I'd had cancer since the pandemic. Um, I had had a lump, but I didn't get it checked out for a few months because I didn't think it was anything. It was really mm. small at first. And then over time, it got bigger, didn't go away. And because of the pandemic, it was very hard to get in and see a doctor. So I finally got in to see my doctor and... Um, I was like, well, it's probably nothing because of how young you are. Mm -hmm. I was only 31 at the time. So the next week I went to have an ultrasound and they're like, well, you know, you need to have a biopsy. And I said, well, that's not that's not good. Right. And she said, well, it's just more solid than fluid. So it can't be a cyst. So the next week I had the biopsy. Same thing. You're you're so young. It's probably nothing like 90 percent of masses are nothing. Mm -hmm. So it's like a 10 percent chance or less. And I got the call the following week that it was stage two breast cancer and it was already starting to spread to my body. Whoa. Yeah. Does breast cancer run in your family? No. My genetics test came back negative. I don't have the BRCA gene. They don't know why I had cancer. What was that phone call like? Oh, it was traumatizing. Uh, It was like five o'clock on a Monday. I was in bed. I'd gone the whole weekend. Again, everybody that I had talked to up to that point, same thing. You're so young. It's probably nothing. It's such a small chance that it's anything to worry about. So they weren't worried. So I wasn't worried. I went the whole weekend thinking that nothing was wrong. So Monday, I had actually called first. 
around like three o'clock and uh, I told him I was like you know I'm waiting for some test results she was like oh well your doctor and his nurse are in a procedure right now we'll have him call you back that was the last phone call of the day like at 5 p.m so um the nurse calls and was like yeah so the doctor wants to know if you have some time to talk like yeah what's up and so he gets on the phone and uh he's like how are you doing but I was like I'm good how are you he's like I'm good he's like so I've got some bad news sweetheart and I just stopped breathing. And uh, he said that my test had come back. Uh, he was like, it was mal- it was malignant. Uh, he's like, you are stage two. You have one of the most aggressive forms of wow. breast Jesus. cancer. Yeah. And I just I just fell apart. And he's like, he's like, baby, I'm so sorry. I really meant it when I said that I didn't think that it was going to be cancer. He's like, I didn't just say that. I really thought it. I guess he really he had kind of given me false hope. Yeah. Um, I don't hold it against him, but again, with my age and not having a history of cancer, it was plausible that, you know, he said that. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, I'm going to do everything that I can to save you, blah, blah, blah. So my follow-up was two days after that. It was on a Wednesday. And that's when he told me that because it was so aggressive and had started to spread in my body, I would have to do an aggressive form of chemo. I would end up having to do radiation. He's like, you won't have to lose your breasts because, um, uh, well, at the time I hadn't had the genetics test, he was like, if if it comes back negative, we won't have to give you a mastectomy. He's like, if it comes back positive, it would be recommended. You don't have to do anything that you don't want to. But if you don't have the mastectomy, there is a higher chance of it reoccurring, coming back. And then it was just a whirlwind of doctors and tests after that and yeah, it was it was it was hell for about a year. And I danced and modeled the whole time and I hid it. I was going to say, how many people knew that this was going on with you? A handful. Um, The day that I found out, um, I probably didn't. (laughs) Some people were a little bit shocked because I didn't tell a lot of people that I was even getting tested. Because, again, everybody said that it's probably nothing. So I didn't think that was worth upsetting people over if it wasn't going to be anything. So I called my best friend at the time and I was just like so inconsolable. I I couldn't get my shit together. So I sent out a mass message <laughs> to um, well, I was in a group chat with some people that were close to me. And I was like, all right, look, I don't know how else to say this. Um, I was like, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I just got a call back from a lump that I didn't think was anything. I was like, I all I ask is that you don't tell anybody. I was like, it's not public knowledge. I don't want it to be. I don't want anybody to know. Just love me. Yeah. And uh, I told I told my dad, he was the only one in my family that I had told. Um, I basically just told a handful of people closest to me. Uh, I told my manager at my job, I was like, <laughs> by the way, because I was like, I don't don't expect a lot out of me. Because I was like, I don't know what the next six months to my yeah. life or more is going to. He didn't even care about that. He was like, what's going on? Tell me what they said, blah, blah, blah. So I did not come out that I'd had cancer until I had already been in remission for several months. And I came out on my birthday kind of as, I guess, my birthday gift to myself is that, you know, I'd seen another birthday. Mm -hmm. But I hid it the whole time. And even after I didn't have it anymore, I had cancer the whole time. How tough was that? It it was it was hard because you do have the physical ailments and um, the doctor's visits. And I have a different schedule. Like I can't drink 24 hours before 
chemo and I can't drink for five days after. There was a lot of things that I had to give up. Um, I was sleeping a lot. Uh, there was, I mean, there was a lot going on with me. Yeah. So it's hard to kind of hide that from people. So over that time that I was hiding it, there were people that found out that I didn't intend to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, because they kind of noticed that pattern with me, like, okay, so you're drinking, you're not drinking. I had someone who thought that I was pregnant, and I was like, oh, baby, no. <laughs> oh, no. It's Don't way worse. Yeah. yeah. Don't put that on me. Right? Look, oh, we got to pick a struggle. <laughs> so um, throughout throughout the time, more people found out than I had intended, and there were some people who um, had told, mm-hmm. and I didn't want them to. Um so it, it was it was hard, especially like I went down to dancing only like two days a week. And then I was traveling to Nashville. I was traveling to other places um, just to get out, just to do things. Because I was like, you know, this might be my last day on Earth. I don't want to go out sad in bed. So I was out five days a week and then dancing two days a week. But I was like never at home. I was just constantly out doing things because I was like, one, it can't be good for my mental mm-hmm. to be idle. And again, if this is my last day, I don't want to go out sad. I didn't want people to see me as a victim. I didn't want to be reminded on a daily basis that I was sick. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just, I'm thugging. (laughs) I was like, I'm just out living my best life. I just wanted to be happy. I was like, I wanted to be Devin. I didn't want to be known as a cancer patient, anything like that. So I, I hit it for like a whole year. But you had to work because you wouldn't be able to afford me. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Shut your whore mouth. There you go, Joel. So, like, that was motivation to get through it He's all, right? He's not lying, though. I made a joke to somebody the other day, but it wasn't really a joke. We were talking about the whole cancer thing. I was like, yeah, you know. I was like, but I still had to work, like, two days a week. Because I was like, I didn't. Yeah, I was like, also, like, if I don't die, like, I still have bills. <laughs> <laughs> Joel's going to take his, his bill to your dad. Um he, Here you go, sir. He made a really cruel joke one time. I don't know if he remembers or not. He's like, Devin, you can't die on me because I'm not going to give your money back to your family. <laughs> Damn. Damn, man. Oh, He's girl. like, I'm not refunding, so you just like can't die on me. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'll but, try not but to. But that's the love there, though. Yeah. You know, like, that's the, see, I see it. Man. Look, you know, I'm... I don't give Devin a lot of credit because you can't because she has the like I told you she has the pretty girl privilege. Mm-hmm. So you like you have to be very choosy of you know he has how to you, humble me at all. Yeah, times. It's, oh yeah. There's more than one cruel joke that I've slipped <laughs> towards Devin. She just highlighted this is that. True. One. Uh, but no, like I want to give her credit to you know when it comes to content creating, etc. Just in general, like moving forward in life, the world does not stop turning. Yeah. I did not. I, when she told me she had cancer, you know, uh, obviously I took it seriously, but, you know, I was like, okay, are we going to monetize this? <laughs> like, are we going to, oh, like, yeah. are we going to brand? He's not kidding. And she was like, no, I just want to keep it. Um, I just want to keep it under wraps. And I, I had so much respect for that because I don't believe that everything should be monetized, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the things that we value in life, we shouldn't, I mean, and like she valued her life, right? And so, like, I felt like when she hired me, I think in the beginning it wasn't to to create value. I think it was just that you know to, she wanted to preserve her and like I guess her you know feeling whatever she felt about herself at the time. And I could be wrong, but I'm gonna tell you this though: when it came to creating content, when she told like when she pulled the cancer card, I know that's such a terrible thing to say. <laughs> when she pulled the cancer card, like I was not hearing it like that. Like okay you're not special. Like you're sitting like you're, I'm sorry, you're not special. Like when it comes to creating content and this and doing things like, okay, well, there's not going to be anything special about your story. If you just 
don't do anything. And I know that sounds, you know, very, I don't know the word, I guess privilege for someone who's never had cancer. So like, like I, callous. I, yeah. But it was tough love. But, well, no, yeah. but, but like anything that I gave her, like that's what the credit I want to give her is the fact that she could, even though she didn't always listen to me, that's like, she has that right. She paid me. So whatever. But I, you know, I do want to give her credit because like whenever she came to me, when it, like she took it. And she showed up to Nashville. If anyone was late, it was me. It was it was it was a tough time. <laughs> so usually I'm not late. But no, like she that, you know, like I didn't allow her to make excuses. It just wasn't like, you know, even though cancer's a great excuse. Like if someone called me, sorry, I can't come to work today. I just felt I had cancer. I'm like, you know what? I get that. But like, <laughs> like, you know, by that time, like we were already connected. Yeah. You know, like I consider her a friend. I valued more, her more than just the money she gave me. So I'm like, okay, well, like if this is going to be important, then you, it just, you got to keep going. Mm. You got to keep going until you can't and you can't, you can't. Great. But like, we got to, we kind of keep doing this. And she did. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't know that story. So like how many times did you go see him during that while you were getting treatments and stuff? Every month. Oh, so you went once a month. I, I went a co- probably a couple times a month. I was constantly traveling. So I had chemo every three weeks on Fridays. Okay. Um, and I got steroids at the same time, got four different chemo medications. But I was going up there, I know, one week. We we I went to that shootout on like a Monday or Tuesday. And then I was back that weekend shooting with him at House of Adora. So multiple times a week, tired. But then she would go, she would come to me with no sleep and then yeah. and, oh, shoot, yeah. and shoot all day and then go to work. Mm-hmm. That So you drive back, no, you drive there, no sleep, drive, do the shoot and then drive back to Memphis. I'm mm-hmm. With cancer. That's insane. I can't even do that on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> what you said, man. I've been... That's mad crackhead energy. Oh, Damn. I still do it. Mm. <laughs> Like, we wait. shot before my boob job. I had got in Memphis. We closed at 6 a.m. I got off work. I had counted my one, so I didn't get home till after 7 a.m. I slept for 45 minutes. I napped for 45 minutes, drove to Nashville, shot all day. We went to dinner, went to Dave and Buster's until about 7 or 8 o'clock at night. I drove back to Memphis, slept for a couple hours, got up at 6 a.m., drove to Oxford, got my boobs done. You're a machine. I was about to say, like, how you. do you... <laughs> If so, you really want it, yeah. if you really want it. Have you always been like that? I don't think so. Um, I think that as as fucked up as it sounds, uh, I think cancer is one of the best things that ever happened to me. Yeah. I don't think that I was this, I'm the same person that I was a year and a half, two years ago. Um, your perception of life and everything changes. Um, people don't truly realize I paid a very big price to be here today. So you can't tell me shit. Yeah. Um, I want things way more than I ever wanted to. Things that used to seem big seem very small to me now. Like when you almost have a ne- like a near death experience or whatever, it's yeah. just things that used to be important and we're, or they're just not anymore. I'm like, that's so small to me. Um, I literally had a man call me on a Monday and tell me that I was dying. Yeah. I, I lived Every second of every day of every week of every month for several months, not knowing whether it was my last day on earth every single day, like that changes a person, but not in a bad way. 
Um, I think I'm way more driven now than I was before. Before, you're just like, I can do it tomorrow. I can do it next week. I can do it next month. I've got time. Now, I'm like, I could literally go get my car tomorrow morning and get into a car accident. Mm -hmm. Not every day is promised. As cliche as that sounds, not every day is promised. So, I try to do as much as I can every day. As I, That's why I make those trips, like I said about, you know, the other weekend, I slept for three hours after work, drove three hours to Nashville, shot for three hours, drove three hours back, worked till 6 a.m. because I wanted it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, I want to make money and I want to shoot. This is what I have to do to get these things in this day. I've got 24 hours. How am I going to spend my 24 hours? Am I going to be like, eh, no, I'm going to stay in bed and then go to work tonight? No, I want this content and I want to make money. So this is how I'm going to utilize my 24 hours. So I, I think that it was an unfortunate event. Um, one time in my life, it was very hard. But I think that I came out a much different person in a positive sense, though. Yeah. Before. I think I want things way more than I wanted before. And I'm way more driven now than I would have been years ago. Years ago, I probably wouldn't have taken an entire day to make a day trip somewhere and then come back and be like, no, nah, we'll do this on a day off mm, or something. Yeah. But now I'm like, because I've only got, you know, again, like not every day is promised. I'm like, I'm trying to get as much as I can out of every day. Cause I don't know how many days I have left. So I, I, um, no, I'm definitely a different person than I was then. Yeah. I saw this thing one time. This guy says, how many summers do you think you have left? This guy's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I don't know. And he's like, how many summers do you think you have left? And if you break it down like that, it's like, shit, maybe 20, 30, yeah. which is nothing. So, yeah, like if you're going to waste your life and it's a gift that every day we're given, you know, we get up as a gift. And most of us at some point take it for granted. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I was that person. Um, so I remember that first week. I was just spiraling after I found out that I had cancer. I was like, there's so many things I didn't say to people. There's so many things I didn't do because I was like, I've got time to do it. So why do I have to do it today? Mm -hmm. I can do it in a couple of months or I can do it next summer. I'm like, I might not be here past this summer. Yeah. And so it, it really does change the perspective on, on life and how much time that we, that we have. But I remember all of the regrets that I had that first week. I was like, I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that because I thought I had the time to do it. I was like, there's things that I, I was like, I don't feel like I've even told my best friend that I love them in the past month, but I do because that's the thing that you think about. I'm like, I have cancer. Who am I going to tell? Mm -hmm. You start to think about who's most important to you. Who who would you want to tell? If these are your last days, who do you want to spend it with? And I'm like, I don't even think I've told those people that they're the people that I would want to spend my last days with. Yeah. And I was like, I would want to know that. I should be telling these people that. I was like, I don't feel like I probably, and it sucks to say, I don't. I, I probably was lacking in my relationships. And I didn't realize that until then. And I'm like, you are this important to me that I want you to know this. And I want to spend my days. With, I'm not asking you for anything. I don't, I don't want gifts. I don't want money. I just want your time. If this is my last day, my last week, my last month, I just want to be with the people that I love and the people that love me back. So I feel like I probably didn't say enough, didn't do enough. And now I try to be that person where I'm like, do you feel loved? Do you feel appreciated? Am I doing enough? Like, do you want to spend more time together? Like, no, yes. Um, it, it, it definitely, it changes the track of anything. So I, I feel like 
I am a different person than I was then. So as sad as it was, you know, again, I made a lot of sacrifices to be here today. I I feel like there was a lesson in it and I came out for the best. So I don't really regret. I'm not just like, oh, I wish this had never happened to me. Yeah. I think that it it did a lot for me in a way that people probably would never understand unless they had a near-death experience. Like, you know, a, a tragic car accident that disabled them temporarily or whatever. You're like, oh, man, I took a lot for granted. And mm. now I don't want to. Now that I've been in that position where I could have lost everything, I don't want to waste another second or be in that position to lose everything again. Sometimes, like, I'll look at my hands or my legs and think about, like, what if I can't walk? Or what if I didn't have a hand or arm? Or, like, what would I do? And am I going to bitch about not wanting to do something that I'm able to do? Right. And especially when you see people that are physically disabled doing shit that most able-bodied people aren't doing. And it's like, why the fuck are you wasting this shit, man? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think the question is, from one man to another, if your legs didn't work, you think you could still get bitches? I hate this man. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan got a wife, so yes. Wait, I, forgot, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the Lieutenant Dan, you got legs. We're not talking about Lieutenant Dan. I'm asking about like where your confidence and your personality and everything else. If you lost your legs today, you know what? I won't even take your legs away. They're just not going to work. There's going to be no. If you got some thimbles for legs. Could you do you do you confidently think you could still pull bitches? Because if you do, it? you're a bad dude. <laughs> Have y'all seen like on TikTok or like Instagram uh, videos yeah, where um like they'll do like a humanity study or whatever, yeah. and it's like people will be like, so like they'll set up a blind date with somebody, and then they'll see that like, the girl, the guy's in a wheelchair, and then like some people are like, oh hey, how you doing? They'll sit down, or some people say, you're oh you. And they'll just walk off. Like, it's so discouraging. Yeah, you know, they blur their face because, you know, like, they, yeah. whatever. But, like, it just makes sense. Like, what's different about that lady or that guy in the wheelchair? It's just That's, physical. They can't yeah. walk. Well, that is true. Hate him. God damn it, man. That's true. Though. You asked a question. I don't know. You're right. I asked they a question. Can't walk. Your answer was skin deep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how heavy legs are in missionary? <laughs> when, they're, when they're not helping you out and you just got to guide them things, yeah. bro. We're talking uh, about like maybe like. 35 to 65 pounds each, depending on what your type of woman is, could be 75 to 125 each. Bro, dead weight is tough, so you got to think about that equation when you're hooking up with a woman in a wheelchair. Joel doesn't work out if you couldn't tell. <laughs> nope. But I'm also not in a wheelchair. But I know where you're this coming from. you're my from. best friend, man. You're my new best Don't friend. Don't encourage him. You're like, Don't encourage you him. say the things that I want. He reminds me of Polly. He really does. Yeah, you say, oh my God, so true. Yeah. Don't encourage him. He's a menace. direct. He's our, a menace. Our friend Polly is, yeah. would, I mean, just like him. Like he would say, all the shit he's saying is pretty much the same thing that Polly would say. There's another one of you. That's terrifying. And I think you guys would be best friends. <laughs> they uh, might try to kill each other. Oh, yeah, because y'all have the same personality. <laughs> it's like Jet Li, there can only be one. Look, man, you asked the question. I had an answer. Battle to the death. That's true. It's true. I didn't think about the chick's dead legs. I'm sorry. You know? But I but, get where you're coming yeah. from. But would you rather have a woman with cancer like a walk to remember? Or would you rather have, a, a, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say a woman. I'm not going to single them out. Would you rather have a spouse with cancer? Or would you ha- rather have a spouse? that's in a wheelchair I think that's a pretty good question now is the wife that's 
Is, is her cancer terminal? Like, there's no survival? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. It's up in the air. Were you sick a lot when you had cancer? So, um, I <laughs> did extremely well, and they don't know why. Mm. Um, I remember that first visit that I had with my oncologist. Actually, Devin, I'm going to be honest. You're not going to be able to dance anymore. You're going to have to stop dancing. Um, she said, my younger patients, I feel like I, I take away from their quality of life. She's like, your life is about to completely change. You will not be able to work anymore. You won't be able to do any of these things. And I was like, <laughs> like you don't know me. Babe. Yeah. <laughs> so the entire time. And I remember every time I went to go see her every three weeks, they're just like, Devin's just out here doing all these things. And they were insanely proud of me. And I remember it was my follow up after my last chemo treatment. I had just had my lung back to me and gotten cleared of cancer. Mm-hmm. And everything came back negative. And I was like, you remember that time that you told me that I wouldn't be able to do these things? And she just like rolls over to me in her chair and she takes my arm. She's like, I was wrong. And that's not something that I tell my family. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the diagnosis. They were like, no more dancing, nothing physical. She was like, you're going to be in pain. You're going to be sick. Um, I know one of my chemo treatments, um, it causes bone pain internal bone pain they're like sharp pains tingling in your legs everything i had to get a white blood cell dose every single time it was a little machine that i had to wear for over 24 hours had a needle on it um yeah nausea everything they were like if i remember my first chemo treatment they were giving me the rundown of how i was going to feel she's like don't be prideful if if you're in pain or you're throwing up next week, mm. call me because I started on a Friday. She's like, call me. Don't I can fix whatever it is. And she just never heard from me. So three weeks down the road, she's like, so um, you never called. I was like, yeah, I feel fine. I was like, I went to work the next day. So I took off that Friday night. I had the little device on my hip or whatever. So I was able to take it off the next day after over 24 hours. I took it off, threw it away, and I went to work on Saturday night. And then I went to be a stripper. That is fucking amazing. Yeah. I have a friend. Uh, she is a general manager of one of my several K's that I okay. run. I, I go to. And uh, she she just had some, uh, I forget what kind of cancer it was. And she just went through chemo and all that stuff. Yeah. And like she has, she took off four months and now she's back. But she still has like no energy, man. Like no energy or anything. It's sad seeing her because before she was so like lively, lively and yeah. fun and you know. Come in and give me a hug when she wanna walk walking in and stuff. Now she's like, hey, you know, like you know, you can't expect and she's just I feel so bad for her, man. People don't really realize my um chemo so because I had such an aggressive form of cancer, I had to be on one of the most like aggressive forms of chemotherapy that they have. Um it actually lowered my heart function. I gained twenty pounds being on because I got steroids every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually gained, I gained 20 pounds that lowered my heart function. Like I have like swelling in my body, all kinds of people. I make cancer look really easy. (laughs) I make cancer, but again, I was, I was hiding it and I was like, I don't want to kind of succumb to, you know, the side effects and everything. So I tried to stay as active as I could, but part of me being up, moving around, was why I was able to hide it because it really does debilitate. I mean, she told me from the bat, she was like, from the get go, she was like, you will not be able to work anymore. She's like, you're going to be in bed. You're going to have no energy physically. You're not going to be able to, you're going to be sick. You're going to be throwing up. You're going to lose your hair, all of these things. And I just never stopped. So did you ever go from 
I'm assuming you started this with this, but why me to fuck this? I got to do this. Yes. Um, absolutely. Like I, I could sit here and say I was a bad bitch the whole time, but it would be a lie. Yeah. Um, the first month after I found out that I had cancer, I was not okay. I was drunk, like couldn't walk drunk, crying. I'm just like, how does this happen? Like I just had a birthday. I just got my body done. We just had a pandemic. Who gets cancer? Which stripper gets cancer during a pandemic? How bad does your luck have to be to get cancer with no history of cancer? My genetics test takes five weeks. Because they test you for every cancer gene. Everything came back negative. It's like a five thousand dollar test. Everything came back everything came back negative. It takes five weeks. They test you for every single thing. It all came back negative. I had no reason to have cancer. As young as I was, everything, they don't know why I had it. So I'm thinking to myself, I'm so young. I just had a birthday. We were in a pandemic. So I was just coming out one of the hardest times of my life because you have to think Shelby County was shut down for eight months. So I was living hotel to hotel. I was traveling to, to some of the few states mm-hmm. that were still that still had their clubs open. Oh, okay. Because unemployment doesn't pay anything. It's a scam. It's like two. It's like two seventy five. Yeah, a week. Two seventy five a week. You're supposed to survive off that, right? And unless imagine, you're like a child. Yeah. As an adult with bills. So I was traveling every weekend. I was living in a hotel. I was in a hotel when I found the lump in my breast. But at the time, I didn't I didn't know it was anything. Um, So I was like, I just came out of this pandemic. I'm just now starting to live again because the club had just started to reopen. We'd been open for a couple of months. I was like, okay, life is for me starting to go back to normal. So I was I was insanely fucking sad. It would be a lie to say that I was thugging it out the whole time. Yeah. Probably about the first month, um, I went through, you know, some really personal things. Um, I had to go through IVF. I chose not to do it because uh, it was taking, I found out that I had endometriosis during my IVF appointment. So my chances upon implantation down the road, if I froze my eggs, um, my miscarrying was really high which I didn't know until that appointment and it's thousands upon thousands of dollars. And they were like, well, you know, I just sign off on a shit ton of things. Like, um, I can't have hormones because of my breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I can bring it back or feed into the tumor. So they were telling me, you know, well, if you do the hormones for two weeks, if you do the IVF, it can increase the chances of your tumor getting bigger. Like, well, why would I, like, why would I want to do, there's so much gray area. So I end up 86ing it before I started chemo and chemo can poison your eggs and all of these things. So I opted to do um, a shot that can shut down your ovaries. It increases your chances down the road of being able to, but I was having all of these like midlife crisis because I'm just like, I don't have kids. This was not something that I was thinking about. And you're telling me by 10 a.m. tomorrow, I have to figure out whether I want to have kids or not. Cause I literally met my oncologist and she was like, okay, well we need, she's like, I see that you have no babies. So I was like, no. She's like, do you want them? I'm like, why? Why? I'm out here living my, be- I just got my body done. I'm living my best <laughs> life. What do you mean? Yeah. I'm single. These are just not things I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in the place at all. Uh, I was like, I'm a dancer. Like I just got my body done. It wasn't even a thought. So, She's like, oh, she was like, well, once you start the chemo, there's no going back because it's going to poison your eggs. So she was like, all right, well, we're going to make an appointment tomorrow with a specialist at 10 a.m. So I had to make all these life decisions 
boom, 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 back to back to back. And then it was, I had to see a cardiologist because she was like, we have to make sure that you're healthy enough. Your heart's healthy enough to do chemo. And then chemo can permanently hinder your heart. Yeah. They were like, you can get heart conditions from chemo, even if you're healthy enough to do. So it actually did lower my heart function. I was on blood pressure medication. My heart is just now a year and a half later after chemo is starting to um, go back up. Like people don't really realize what all goes into it. So as soon as I found out that I had cancer, I didn't have really time to process it. And then I turned around and it was like, boom, doctor after doctor after doctor to prepare me for chemo. And they were like, here are all the side effects. Um, I remember when I did radiation after chemo and they're like, well, radiation can cause secondary cancer. Jesus. There's so many things that you, there's so much in the air. They're like, how bad do you want to live? (laughs) Yeah. Like, are you willing to be disabled for the rest of your life? If you live, I mean, it's like that. Like I, again, I had to sign off all the stuff for chemo, sign off all the stuff for radiation. I had to go every day for 20 sessions. And they, they said, they're like, it can cause more cancer. Because radiation poisons your body. Mm-hmm. So there, again, all of these side effects, all these things that can happen. And it's like, we recommend it. But do you want it? <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's just, so chemo can permanently affect you physically, radiation, all these things. So it's like, what's the trade off? Like, how bad do you really want to live? Because all of these other negative things can happen. If you ever get on the American Cancer Society website and you look at all the side effects, like your your nails can fall out from chemo. It can change the texture and color of your skin. It's a laundry list of all the things that chemo can do to you. Yeah, but I can edit all that. I hate (laughs) (laughs) this. That's stuff we don't think about. Yeah. No. So it's like, that's like, what price do you want to pay to be here? Yeah. Like, how bad do you want it? And I wanted it. So. Yeah, it's like watching like a TV show and a, a, a drug commercial come on, and like, oh, if you take this, it's it exactly may, like it may that. cause death. Like, all like there's like twenty things. Like, man, you know why? It's pages of shit. Yeah. And they're like the, bleeding in anal fissures. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like, it's oh yeah. Let me go sign up for that right yes. now. Yeah, give me, give me, give me the yeah. strongest ones. I mean, literally, they're like, so, so this is a maybe because chemo is a maybe. You mm. may not, it may not work for you. My second to last chemo treatment, a girl from my hometown. I didn't know her personally, but a girl from my hometown died of lung cancer and she had been through chemo twice, two different rounds of radiation and a, um, some sort of like experimental test in Texas. And she still passed away after all of that. So that's, I'm insanely blessed, but that again, chemo radiation, all of that, it's a maybe. So it's like, this might save your life. This is your best chance of living. But then at the same time, you can have all of these physical ailments for the rest of your life. I was anemic. The chemo made me anemic. It lowered my heart function. I was on blood pressure medication while I was on chemo. It's, it's really hard on the body. So it's like, how bad do you want it? Do you think your age and your mindset maybe saved your life? Probably. I think at 20 something get like presented with the same thing. I wouldn't have handled it as well. Yeah. Cause you know, like, you know, it can get a placebo to somebody Mm -hmm. and they think it's the actual drug and they end up being healed. Right. So I think the mind is a, a very powerful thing. I think not being idle and constantly moving and having that mindset, like I'm going to beat cancer. I'm going to come out on the other end because I want it that bad. I want to live. Like I didn't realize how bad that I wanted it Mm -hmm. until I was like, I might not wake up tomorrow. It's like, okay, I want to wake up tomorrow. I want to wake up next week and six months from now and six years from now. 
because I have all this unfinished business. Like I'm not, I'm not going out like this. So once I kind of processed and got past, you know, crying every day, I was like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're, we're going to do the chemo. We're going to do the radiation. We're going to do what they said. And I'm just not going to stop moving. Uh, but I think that the mindset has a lot to do with, I think that if I had chosen to just kind of stay in bed and let it take over me, just the sadness and thinking about this might really be my last day. If I go to bed tonight, I may not wake up tomorrow. I wasn't even trying to think about that. But if I had done that, I think then I would have actually gotten sick and it would have taken over me. So I feel like with my, with my age, yeah, I think it had a huge, I, I couldn't imagine being like in my early twenties and getting that kind of news. Like when you're, you're at that college age, you're, you know, like that coming of age, mm-hmm. like, I don't think that I would have handled it as well at all. I think that that is like, that ruins you. Like you're just, you're just now starting to live. Like you're a baby and it's like, this might be it. So I, I think that that my my age and and my mindset of being like okay now I've processed what I need to do this this is what I need to do if if I really want if I want to wake up if I want to do these things if I want to live life live live my best life this is what I have to do and I need to get over it and do it. Did you do any therapy before or after? No. Is that something you're going to consider? Uh, <laughs> I actually was at my uncle. I was at West Cancer Clinic yesterday, and they gave me a list. Of all of these therapists, they're like, just in case, yeah. because uh, they were like, the thing about um, having cancer is they were like, when you when you have cancer, they direct you left and right. This you need to go here. You need to do this. You need to oh. do that. They call it survivorship. They're like, um, so once you're past cancer, people don't really know what to do with themselves anymore because you were in like survivor mode for so long. And then now that you've come out of it, you're just kind of like. Well, what do I like? What do I do now? And so they call it survivorship, and they're like, you, you know, you among a lot of people probably have because they like you never kind of stop to process what you went through. Like mm-hmm. they're like you went through like the most traumatic thing you could ever go through, and you're just like, yeah, well, I'm gonna go to Nashville and like shoot, and then I'm gonna go to the bar with my friends, and, and then I'm gonna go beers. shake ass tonight yeah. <laughs> and make a little bit of money. Yeah. They're like, um, you probably. <laughs> Well, let's let's not do the shake ass and drinks a beer. Right, right. They're like, um, you should maybe stop and think about what happened to you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I'm good. <laughs> like we're here now. But um, they do, they do. There is um a psychologist there on site. I I never I never did it. I just kind of, I don't know. I just, I I guess I used the dancing and the modeling and stuff as therapy. Cause I'm like, this just gives me a reason to keep going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I, this is what makes me happy. I want to keep doing this. This is what's going to keep me going because, but I don't have this anymore if I stop now. Yeah. And I, so I, you know, that was kind of like my therapy was, was my friends supporting me more than they've ever supported me in my life. And just being like, I'm really loved, you know, I really am loved. Like my life could like it's great and it could be great and I wanted to keep being great so that was kind of my my therapy was what I kept doing while I had cancer. Did you know, was, surprisingly though, it wasn't cancer that caught me off guard. You want to know what it was? What's that? Do you know she has a college degree? <laughs> yeah. So it's true. You're paying your way through college. <laughs> I only started dancing my last month at Ole Miss. Really. 
What's your degree in? Marketing with a minor in business administration. Uh, Okay. But guess who does all that now? (laughs) (laughs) The guy that doesn't have a a college degree. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? Like, you went to school for that. Yeah. And you you didn't use it. Just like me, I didn't use mine. And now he doesn't have one, but he's doing it for you. Exactly what you went to school for. I heard somebody (laughs) use my degree for me. But yeah, he was like, you have a degree? And you're a stripper? Yeah. Smartest thing I ever did. I just monetize on sexual harassment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but see, you know, like, I think one thing she didn't touch base on, though, um, on the mental health side is like her personality, which I completely support, is like, why address the demons when you can be the demon? Mm. She's on demon time. Everything she does, she's on demon time. It just like, seriously, I think that's an insane undervalued trait that she has, that she has this superpower I don't think she's aware of. We call it crackhead energy. <laughs> Mad crackhead. But, like, you know, I think if she did get mental, like, if she did get help, oh, my gosh, it it would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we healed the trauma, I, yeah. I wouldn't be as good as I am. Yeah. That's like, oh, there goes that 48K. Oh. That's like mashed potatoes <laughs> without the salt and pepper. Like, I just, I don't know. I th- but, again, like, I, th- I think it's the, the trauma and everything – that fueled that drive. Yeah. Again, like you asked me, I don't think that I I would be the same person as I am now. I don't think I would be as driven. I think that I would just be that drunk stripper in the strip club, just like this is a party every day. And I wouldn't want to do anything more. But now I want to do more things because I'm just like, man, I may not be here in another year. So just life events, you know, not like cancer um, related or anything. But again, like I, I could get my car tomorrow and and you something happened walking down the street you, yeah. you never know so it's like i want to i want to do my best every day so i don't go out with regrets she was on stage shaking her ass bald headed guys oh you lost your hair too i did damn i did i was trying to avoid this <laughs> Yeah, I like, was it them brat stalls or like whatever they're just bald headed, just her up there just wearing so a wig. Do you have like a Kendall Jenner wig? I was a bald headed hoe. Um, so I started chemo on a Friday. They told me, and I guess it was the trade off because I did so well on chemo. Yeah, they they said it would take probably about three months for my hair to thin out so much that you know it, it, it would need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> week and a half, week and a half. Wow, um, really? I was in Nashville. On a birthday weekend trip for one of my friends. And I was getting ready to go out to the bar. And I was brushing my hair. And it started coming out. And I was just sitting there crying in front of the mirror. My friend came over and, like, hugged me. Because everybody on the trip knew. Yeah, okay. They knew that I had just started chemo. But it happened way sooner than I But I'll take that trade-off that I started losing my hair faster than they had said. Because I did so well physically on chemo. I was like... I just had to be bald sooner than everybody else. Um, but yeah, so I, I lost my, I started to lose my hair within a week and a half of starting chemo. And that's a big thing for women. Oh, I cried. There's a video. No one's ever seen it. There's a video of me. You've never even seen it. He's like, I, I will be, now. I'd be trying to monetize it. I, <laughs> I was like, that. you know how many likes you can get on this? Like yeah. seven. Exactly. Why are you not exactly. TikToking <laughs> that you have cancer? I think but your I was story can help it. a lot of people. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what, what happened. He had been saying something to me about it. Other people in my life, they were like, look, Devin, like, I'm not trying to pressure you, but not monetizing 
But just sharing your story, they're like, your story is really inspirational Mm -hmm. because you never stopped. You kept going. You are so young. And so many positive things came out of you finding out that you had cancer, like the the modeling and, and doing all of those things. And they were like, with your platforms, you could bring a lot of light to having cancer. And they're like, people are just waiting to hear your story. And I was like, if you put it that way. (laughs) <laughs> well, he's, I mean, it's true because, you know, we have people on year all the time telling us what they've done and stuff like that. And, you know, I always, when people respond to my DM, when I send them a message on Instagram, they're always like, well, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I just want a gold medal or whatever it is, you know, yeah. back in 2012 or whatever. But I'm like, yeah, but you beat alcoholism. And somebody that's listening to the episode, your episode may be like, damn, okay, you know what? I might be able to put the bottle down yeah, or whatever, you know, like, or just be able to drink socially instead of by myself. Moderation. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's what I tell them. And that's, and I'm like, dude, it's just about getting your story, letting people, letting people hear your story. Right. What we want y'all to do. Yeah. And and he's right. Yeah. I just... Once I got out of my head about it, because I was just like, I don't want to be a victim. I don't want people yeah. people to feel sorry for me. I remember how I felt. I've never known anybody who had cancer. I So I didn't know how to navigate that. I didn't know what, like I said, I didn't know what the next six months or year of my life was going to look like. So I was like, I understand wishing that I had had that. When I felt like I had somebody to kind of lean on, mm. you know, where they told me their story. They gave me something to Uh, an idea of what I was looking at, what I was about to get into, but that, you know, I had hope as well. I literally just was winging it the whole time. I didn't know anybody who had had cancer. Um, Nobody. So I had a few people that they had had family members that had cancer. They're like, this isn't our first rodeo. Like we've got this. But other than that, I didn't have anybody to like exchange stories with. Well, this is what it was like for me with chemo, mm-hmm. or this is what radiation was like. I I literally just went in and was like, we're just gonna pray for the best, yeah. and what happens happens. Outside of what my doctor told me, I had no other idea of what was about to happen to me, physically, emotionally, anything. So after they said that, and kind of shed some light on, it, I was like. I get that because I kind of wish that I had had that and I didn't. And I want to be that for somebody else because I didn't get it. Yeah. Especially somebody that may not be able to reach out to somebody. They can just go to TikTok or Instagram mm-hmm. or YouTube or whatever and see a video. <clears throat> yeah. I think your story needs to be heard. Yeah. But see, I know there's me over here in the corner. Jesus. <laughs> money, money, money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. You're but right. Hold on, hold because on. Let's this go is, real. YouTube is making money off you. Hold on. Wait a minute. You are But this right. is what makes. <laughs> wait. So seriously, like, I, I know this is the insensitive part, but like, that's how, like, dude, money is made for a reason. You know, you got to take yourself out of the, the game when it comes to, to being sensitive or human. And if you want to talk about like what makes money on social media, you know what makes money? Um relativity or, mm. or like people being able to relate to your content. Like when you're sad, do you use TikTok at all? Mm-hmm. How much? Not a lot. Okay. But well, I mean, you're I, probably a guy. So this is probably the wrong question. <laughs> probably a guy. Probably a guy. <laughs> but, but like, it's like when you, like, no, when you understand, when you truly understand how the mind works and like how we gravitate towards negative things, think about it. Yeah. Think about how much you truly, your brain gravitates towards something negative over like, do you ever overreact when you're happy? Rarely, probably, right? Yeah, no, you're right. But how many times do you overreact when you're upset? Yeah, all, all of the, the fucking time. time. Probably. 
Well, just like, so say if you're sad, right, and you're scrolling through TikTok, guess what? You're probably going to be, your your watch time on sad content is probably going to be longer. Mm. So what TikTok does is like, okay, this guy's sad. So let's feed him more sad content. Or, oh, this guy's watching cancer TikTok or whatever. Yeah. This probably, this guy's either got cancer or has a family man. That's what algorithms are picking up. So it's being pushed into my yes, feed. Yes. But so, so when you think like, Cancer is a real thing, you know, like very real, like so many people deal with it. So if you don't think there's not a brand for it, you're out of your mind. Yeah. And I know that's the insensitive part about it. Now, when I was starting, I'm like, brand it. Brand it. <laughs> well, no, people, people are making it's money on everything, but, right? But that, that's what tells me, like, that's what's so special about her is she was able to fight off my, you know, me saying monetize that she was able to protect her peace. And that's this is what like one of the things I value about her. And so many people go to the internet for validation, right? Mm. And we know that's not real. Yeah. It's not real. It's a highlight reel. Like, like when, you know, when someone talks, I'm so sad and blah, 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 95 likes, that's great for you. But none of those people will ever be there for you. Yeah. They just feel guilty, right? But she didn't need that. She, like, she didn't need, whether she knew the validation was true or not, whether the money would have came or gone or blah, 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 blah. Like she valued her peace more than she valued anything else. But I will say is the, it's, it it there's definitely a market for it. Yeah. And it is what it is. And I think it humanizes you too. It does. Um everybody thinks it's a bad joke, but it's not a joke when they're like stripper during pandemic that had cancer. <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah. No, it's real. I was like, I got cancer during a global pandemic as a stripper. And that's not really things that you think. Like you you see me, you see my body, you see that I dance for a living, which is all very superficial, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like but this girl had cancer and almost died and all of these things. So it does humanize me in a way. People are like, oh, wow. Every time I randomly post on my Snapchat or one of my platforms that I had had cancer, um, I get a lot of responses and like, oh, wait, really? They're like, oh, I'm so happy that you're here. I never would have thought that because I did hide it for the whole time and I was still doing hot girl shit the whole time. Yeah. So for the, it does make me more relatable to people instead of just being that half naked girl on the internet. Yeah. They're like, oh, wait, like she, she went through cancer. She, she did all these things. She has real world problems like us, like yeah. other people. I'm not just this girl that, you know, has, well, I did at the time I fronted that I didn't have any problems. Problems, yeah. But that was about me. But then now, like, I'm very open about it. There was a girl. I think I traumatized her. There was a girl. We were walking through the club, and she did something with my hair because my extensions were showing. She was she was like, Diva, come here. And she did this. And uh, I was like, oh, man, cancer's a bitch. I was making a joke about it. She's mm. like, you had cancer? I was like, oh, I thought you knew that. I was like, I thought everybody <laughs> I knew, knew that. that by now because I was out. Yeah. So I was like, I thought everybody knew that. And so I, I like, I kind of told her, she's like, I feel really empowered just standing here talking to you. And I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I want to do. Like, I, like now that I'm, I'm past it and, and I had the piece that I wanted at the time and, and now I'm past it, I'm like, I do want people to feel empowered and, and understand that it's not all hope is lost. Like you don't have to be in bed and, and be sad and you are supported and all of these things. Cause yeah, it was, it was a very life altering, but yeah. So when people, when they go to my stories on my Snapchat, on my socials and stuff, they just see this like half naked girl with this body. And they're like, 
another one. <laughs> but mm. then I, I come out and I'm like, look, I'm from Oxford, Mississippi. I'm not even from Memphis. You know, I went to school like everybody else. Like I had cancer. I'm I'm more of a a normal person than you would would realize. Yeah. So it, it did humanize me in a lot of ways. Like people are like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Other than like other Instagram girls where they don't share anything about their personal life and you just, that that's all you see. I'm like, no, like I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> you know, I grew up poor, you know, with single mother and all these things. I, I went through, I'm more like other people than you would realize, yeah. you know, but just life events took me to where I am now. Is a lot of your cancer stuff documented, like no. at least by yourself? Me, yes, I have. I have pictures of um, my paperwork. Uh, I have pictures of my paperwork on everything. I had. I took pictures of myself um, when I came out on my birthday. I posted some of the pictures. Yeah. My diagnosis. I have a picture of me with my port for the first time. The first day that I came out. So I still had my real hair. And it was red. I was a redhead before cancer. Uh, not naturally, obviously, but it was like a purple red or whatever, but it's a picture with like my, my real hair. And I had, um, I had my IV in my port. So I took a picture in the doctor's office before I went to my first chemo treatment. So I have pictures, I have videos of me getting chemo. I just shared it with very few people, but I came out with all of that. My paperwork, the pictures, the videos, when I came out on Facebook that, you know, on my birthday that I had had cancer. Yeah, I think it needs to be seen. I think Joe's right and Tony's right, 100%. Yeah. Like, because there's probably maybe other dancers that have been diagnosed and they don't know what they're going to do. And then they see, oh, the Devin in Memphis had it. Right. So, you know, look at her now. And then, boom, there goes the light. Right. They're like, okay, this gives me strength. Yeah. You could be empowering all these women or or men or whatever. So, and that's what I want to do for people. Because, like I said, I, I didn't have that and I wish I'd had that. You know, everybody, they did their best with me, you know, not because they don't know what to say. There's nothing. There's no right thing to say. There's no right thing to do for somebody. And that's why I was like, so I was like I'm not asking for anything. I just want you to be there. Just love me. Yeah. And don't tell anybody. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a fuck you list now? Yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> number one, fuck you list. Number one, Joe. Number two, like, Joe. Like a purge list for like people? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Joel was there there for a lot of that. I will say that. You're less tolerant of people's bullshit. People don't give a shit. If if they're shitty today, they're going to be shitty tomorrow, whether you're dying or not. I have the core people that I had Mm -hmm. when I was sick. There's a lot of people that aren't here anymore. They are all gone. They're all gone. We uh we eighty six a lot of people, and several of them tried to get her to replace me. Wow, I, I was innocent. Like I was, <laughs> I didn't do nothing. They think you were a threat or something. A hundred percent. Yeah, there was people don't they don't give a shit about your personal situations. <laughs> they don't care about you as a person, and the, people are. It doesn't matter how you treat somebody; they're going to be who they are at the end of the day, and was they're going to treat you how of, they want. Was it a lot of like? Klingons, like they were just leeching off you. Yes, mm. there was a lot of people after I started doing social media. Yeah, that were trying to get on in on that. There were a lot of people that weren't understanding of the fact that I was sick, even though they knew that they that I was, and they weren't being very nice to me about it. Like, 
the fuck? Well, let's go to the bar. Let's let's go out and let's do that. I'm like, well, I'm really tired today. Mm. I don't I don't feel up to it. And then they gaslight me, and I'm a bad person, even though wow. people are who they are. Um, so at the end, of, so at the end of the day, I now have more core people. But I can tell you, 90 percent of the people that I had in 2021 are not here anymore. Yeah, I think uh, trauma is obviously bad, like traumatic experiences, but it also brings a lot of good. Yeah. And it seems like it's done a lot of washing for you. It depends on the perspective, though. I don't think trauma treats everyone the same. Um, I think you're like, you know how y'all talked earlier about mindset. Mm -hmm. I think I, I think trauma can be a gift and to the people with the right mindset. You know, like, you know, there's always that meme, like the person with the al- the two sons with the alcoholic father, one becomes an alcoholic, one becomes, oh, yeah. you know, one becomes successful, right? Yeah. Basically non-alcoholic, has a career, whatever, you know, and I, I think, you know, a lot of trauma out there is, is, I think 50 Cent said it best. <laughs> It's a privilege, man. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, they got to go to work every day with all these problems and they don't get the opportunity to face them, to pay, to, to go to therapy, to, to do all these things. But um, I definitely think mindset, like y'all talked about earlier, with, with the right mindset, trauma can be a gift. And I think she's definitely turned it into a gift. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the people that forged ahead in life weren't the people that sit on the sideline. Or right. bitching about their situation. Those aren't the people you want your genetics from. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm I, saying? So, like, you got to leave those people behind. Yeah. Like, speaking on the, the fuck you list, I I had um, had a falling out with one of my friends or whatever. And I, I remember being really upset. And I remember thinking, fuck this person. Like, I, I earned being here. I deserve everything that I'm doing, everything that I have going for me. You have no idea what I went through to be here today. Yeah. So I was like, it's fuck you today. Fuck you tomorrow. You don't get to act like I didn't earn it and I don't deserve it just because I'm doing more than you're doing. I paid my dues. So the, the person you're talking about, they just assumed that you were only around because of them. Like their friendship is where you got places or whatever. Yes. Oh, okay. this is your light. Go ahead. You just you can go all in. You just as long as you don't give them a platform, just go ahead. <sighs> this person said, and I quote, "I made Devin." Did he pay I mean, for your did body? He, did, no. he pay, did he? No. <laughs> did he no, fly no, you to Miami? I'm assuming it's a guy, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He put her onto me. <clears throat> and it's not even uh, like if anyone is going to be entitled enough to say that they made Devin, it should be me. But I don't think I made Devin. Devin made Devin. I'm yeah. just the one who put the the pieces together. Yeah. So it's like, you know, bold. Inac- bold. Inaccurate. If you're going to be bold, you got to be right. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> Cover me, come correct. I was like, I showed up like I showed up like this. I don't yeah. know where you got that. But no, they didn't beat cancer for me. They didn't pay for my body. They didn't they didn't do any of that. They how didn't pay for they, my photo shoots. How are they saying they made you? By putting you on social media or something? I'm I like get putting your me on connections this one. and stuff like yeah. that. Like your friendships with pe- other people. Yeah. So you introduce somebody and that makes you They, they didn't even really introduce her because like she was following my social like she it was gonna happen. Yeah. Right. It was gonna happen. Because you were seeing these pictures and stuff. Yeah, we were already friends okay. on social media. We had just never spoken. And I made, like I said, I was drunk at the bar. And I was just like, <laughs> scrolling through. I was like, 
yeah, I like that. I want that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and I can buy it. So (laughs) I can afford it. So uh, I I remember reaching out to my friend at the time and I was like, I really think that I'm going to book. Uh, book Joel Wilson, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. So it was my idea. I chose to do it and whatnot. And then fast forward, I guess it was like a year or so later, it was a conversation that they had with somebody else. And they don't know that it got back to me. They probably will know now. But it got back to me, and I just never said anything to not throw someone else under the bus. But that comment, I cannot tell you how much that fueled me. The the comment of I made Devin... It sent me. Oh, now you got to be a household name. It sent me. I texted him from the bar when I found out. And I was like, we're each other's like emotional sport. It's a a horrible thing. We're we're each other's like emotional sport. I I was at the bar. I was like, he said what? I was like, Jesus. No. But that that was my feelings. I was like, you didn't pay for any of my photo shoots. You didn't invest in me. You didn't beat cancer. You didn't do, again, like no one will truly understand what I went through to be, I, I paid a very big price to yeah. be here today. Like the the physical ailments, like all kind of the sacrifices that I made physically to be here today. For someone to say that, like it sent me. I couldn't believe that somebody that was so close to me and I thought supported me would say that, like, would take everything that I felt like they took everything that I had done. They just took it away from me in that second with that statement that I didn't earn anything that I have now. And it was just, like, given to me by one singular person. Like, I didn't work my ass off. What was the reason that they said it? Like, had y'all been distanced or something? Were you, like, falling off? They're selfish. Yeah. I mean, like, if you think about it, I mean, I guess does that really matter? I mean, I think, you know, you don't really truly understand someone until you're on their bad side, right? Like, you really don't truly understand what someone's capable of until you're on their bad side. And it was, I think it was just, it it boiled down to being insecure. Mm. I think they had tried to be a, become a content creator. And it just, they're, I'm sorry, but they're not the same value. Mm. Like, it is, like, I'm sorry, but... I know this can be seem really insensitive, but you people, might stop now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have said I mean, a lot of yeah, you, mean, you know, you've been on point all day, man. Uh, <laughs> I I think people have the roles that they play in life. Mm. You know, winners you, and losers. Yeah, winner, loser. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Look, I'm not here to put labels on YouTube. <laughs> We'll put labels on everyone else. Yeah. So I'll, let, I'll, I'll let y'all do that to each other. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I think, you know, we all have our roles on the chessboard. Yeah. And it, like, it is what it is. And if you want to go, it, and the, the great thing about it is, we've all got the opportunity to take the pawn and to the uh, go to the other end of the, the board and change our position, right? We mm-hmm. all do. Mm-hmm. But that's just a pawn. Yeah. You know, and I hate to say that about anybody, but like, if that's the role... That you choose and you like you can't be mad that the other pawn got to the end of the board before you and is doing great things and take the steps. In her case, it's a very weak minded individual. In her case, I believe that she would have brought that person with her. That's not how that's not how it works. When you look think come on. No, I'm saying she would have been she would have still be friends with that guy, probably, or girl, whatever, whoever it is. I I would have brought them with her. No, 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 but like yes, it but that doesn't matter. That's just her. Like you know you can be you know, I've been in so many leadership positions. It's just like, yeah, you can have those leadership mentalities. But, man, when you outgrow someone, it, they just become dead weight. 
What was that look? I feel it. <laughs> we feel very passionate Joe, about that. Joe, Joe, get the fuck out of here. Joe, get the fuck out of here. I mean, I mean you sounded like my replacement. Now. Like, no, being replaced no, on the no, no. Like, I just feel, man, like when, when you put in the work and you put in the effort, right? Like, you make the sacrifices. I, like, if I'm doing that for me, I can't expect you to understand that. So, like, if I'm up here and you're down here, you know, like anything you're saying to me up here is like pulling me down because yeah. like you're not you want me to pick you up and pull you up here but it's just it's it's devaluing anytime i look down at you it's devaluing me right and and i just it, it's simple you want to surround yourself with people who are consistently you know, moving up or yeah. that's going to bring you up like that. You're not bringing someone down. You don't want to be dead weight. But like to have people down there that are just looking up at you and just, well, why this? Why that? Or blah, blah, blah. Or this talking behind your back. Like those people are not like are, are, are just are, are worth outgrowing. Crabs in a bucket. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I always say you want to be monkeys in a barrel. Not crabs in a bucket. It's 2023. We don't want to use words like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, know, I know he can. I know he, he I, can. Don't for y'all being a little racist. I go to the little no, hand. No, no, my hand. No, the guy that's over here being, being whatever. I'm, I'm trying to protect us. <laughs> well, I'm telling you right now, man, for the longest time, when I, when we came over from South Africa, yeah. uh, my family, uh, I think it was like eighty. You thought you were African American? Yeah, because we were, we came from. <laughs> he's got a, he's right. got a dumb job. Okay, I so like, I didn't know that meant black, like Tony, right. you know, or whoever, like a black person in America. Yeah, I so the whole time, all the way through, <laughs> it was eighth grade, and my one of my teachers like because I guess she just uh, the scantron right, like, yeah, the bubble scantron. She goes, no, 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 that's not you. <laughs> Your like, other, <laughs> yeah, and she goes, she goes, she, well, she didn't. Say, I forget what she said, but she's like, I was like, what are you talking about? I've been doing this since third grade here at Riverdale. I have no idea, you know. You're basically grandfathered in. <laughs> yeah. So like, and she goes, she goes, she goes, she goes. No, African American year in in America means, and you know, I was like, black, like I was like, oh, I mean, technically you are African. Wait, I'm confused. So what are you? African American. So what are we? What are, <laughs> wait a minute. So what? He was, what born, you, he was born in South Africa, and then they moved here. But what were you? He's Indian. What, Indian. I'm Indian. I mean, yeah. not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Indian. that was racist. I can say that though. Oh, I was, oh that's fair. Yeah. See. I, I love how he he motioned. <laughs> he didn't say it. No, I, knew no, exactly, no, 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 I knew exactly what he was talking about. That sniper died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, oh, that's cool. Sniper died. Yeah, so Man, you're we're pretty... gonna become good friends. So, so wait a minute. Don't follow me back on social media, please. Please follow me back. So wait, you're so you're putting African American. Don't make him yeah, a double I, red flag. I didn't know. I didn't know that it meant like Tony, like that black. I like, a, I'm not gonna try to take away from 50k over here, but I have a funny kind of just quick. Yeah. So. I was in sixth grade, right? Sixth grade. And you know those, like, you go to school and people, like, they sign up for the magazine stuff that they sell you back then? I, yeah. def- I doubt they do it now. And I was like, wow, that's a really cool star, right? I didn't know anything about, was it the Star of David? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? No, I, even though, but see, you know, I wasn't Jewish or yeah. a Jew. I don't say that in a negative way. Um, but, like, um, I was raised Southern Baptist, whatever. So I had some kind of educational religion, but I just thought that was a cool star. So I bought it, right? And I wore it to class. <laughs> and my teacher took me outside. <laughs> and she goes, I just need to know. She's talking to a sixth grader. 
are you in a gang? <laughs> I said, I said, Miss Bowling, do I look cool enough to be in a gang? <laughs> and I was like, but why? And she goes, well, the 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 star you have on on your necklace is gang related. And I'm wow, like, that's hilarious. What? No. We are in Mufford. Gangs of influencers to the county. If she would have said, "Are you are you dealing meth?" That would have been. I would have understood. Yeah, yeah. And I would be like, "I'm horrible at science. We're good." Yeah. But no, she she looked at that star of David, and she had to ask me the hard question, and that really made me feel. Um, that was that was wild. You remember it after all these years. I do. It's a great story. It, it is, is a good story. Yeah. Wow. Joel and his own gang. So do you see yourself uh, dancing in Nashville? No. Every time I've been, I've been really drunk, but like, (laughs) which is is usually, but like, it's just not the same vibe we have here. Because you can't be a creep? I mean. Yeah, three foot rule. (laughs) You know, three foot rule is for garbage. They frown upon that. (laughs) But like, no, like, you know. Pervert from a distance. (laughs) Remember when we, oh, that was in Mexico, so that doesn't count. But like. Oh. So we went to Tijuana, yeah, and Shy told us to go to um, this Kong. place called Hong Kong. Okay, and we're and we're just thinking. So we're walking through this neighborhood. It's just me and him walking after we get little. Mexican, this already sounds it, Mexican guy to drop us off at the little village square or town square because yeah. there was a band playing. Let's just leave us there. We get there. We're walking, and my one of my friends said, "Don't don't hook up with any of the girls on the street. They don't have to get tested." <gasps> Okay, and I'm like, well, first off, how do you know that? Okay, so second off, you have way too so, much information on right, these women. So we're walking, and they're like, they're you know, like, poppy, poppy, you know, like grabbing on mm-hmm. us and stuff, and we just keep on walking to where we're going, and we get there, and we walk in, and it's just, we're like, this is like not going to be that good. We walk in there, it's like platinum plus times ten thousand. No shit. Every girl has a BBL. They're all hot so as they shit. They got bitches. Yeah, they, <laughs> big yeah. bitches. Yeah, they, it was a badass club. Some guy was drilling a girl with her with a dildo drill in her <gasps> pussy, with like soap on the fucking dance. So he's like, so, so, so like I'm I, I'm this. I'm watching it's it, and I'm he's he's getting us a drink, right? Like he's at the bar. And I'm like, Tony, Tony, Tony. he's like, what, man? Fuck. I'm like, look at it, look at it, and it's like. He's like, oh shit, wow. Yeah, I thought Platinum Oh, we're was in the wild. right place. <laughs> He's like, this was the determining factor. We're exactly where we should be. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and then that whole place was just, it's just, I'm just, you know, I, I was telling him, like, so I'm just sitting back, not doing, because I said, we're in Mexico. He's yeah. like, I thought you were some kind of strip club, like, Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I was just sitting there, here you go, ma'am. You know, just thank you. Go away. Being a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he's like, Man, you're being a little bitch right now. I was like, oh, okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> exactly. That's a smacking the girls on the ass. Say so, less. I was and like, then he pulls out his own drill. We're back in Memphis, bitch. <laughs> but no, like, I just don't like the vibe of the strip clubs in Nashville. They suck. Yeah, I went one time as a customer, drunk as shit, high on edibles. I've, I've been on a sushi date, okay? <laughs> so, with a friend who worked at that club. So oh, it was okay. like, a, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. I've never danced in Nashville. And I went, and I was just like... It's a lot of butthole and a lot of a lot of hoo-ha and not a lot of money. And I feel offended just sitting here. <laughs> like, I'm just like, do you see this? I'm like, 
looking around. It, it, like this is this is prime. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Because we don't get that in Memphis. Yeah, it's not nude. And I was like, this is art. I don't understand why this isn't being appreciated. And I was like, I just don't know that I could ever be butthole naked on a stage making five doll hairs. Um, that would probably the bar is in hell. The the bar is in hell. My self esteem and everything would probably go out the window. <laughs> I mean, you make more on OnlyFans than you would actually in real life. In three, I just I don't know. I there was a lot of appreciation lacking. I've never been back as a customer, but that one experience was enough for me where I was just like, this is probably not it for me. <laughs> yeah. Was there a lot of people at the bar? I mean, at, the, at that circle? There was a decent amount. Um, they only had one stage open. So that'll tell you it's not one of their busiest nights. Yeah. It's a weekday. But there was a decent amount of people. And I just, I don't know. I was like, something about this doesn't sit right with me. I feel like y'all <laughs> deserve a lot more money than this to just be like in your birthday suit, the way yeah. you came out in life, you know, like just butthole. Na- I-, I would have thought they deserve less. <laughs> Again, humbling. Throwing quarters on the fucking dance floor. But hold on. But I, if he was drunk enough, he would. <laughs> so hold on. So, so I know we touched base on the cancer thing, but there's one thing she did not tell y'all. Oh, God. And it's probably more exciting than any story that we probably have. What is our craziest photo shoot? Did she did she tell y'all that she got published in the middle of having cancer? <sighs> no. It just it so happened to be... <laughs> Are crazy. You would have thought it was better than a strip two club. days. It was better than a strip club. It, I, I rented an Airbnb in Nashville for two days. There was a lot happening. There's. Are you getting the videos or are you just playing on your phone? No, the videos are gone. No, are you finding the videos? Oh, we have from videos? the Airbnb. You have videos. There oh. was a there was a lot of um, unsavory things going on in that Airbnb. Some debauchery for two days. Yeah. Yes, sir. Nice. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't supposed to be that way. We were like in a in a group chat on Instagram with these girls I've never met, and he had only met one girl. <laughs> we're just in this group, like yeah. So we're gonna match looks with this, this, and that. Like for the first day at this Airbnb, blah blah blah. So so they all got there sometime in the afternoon. And then was it tequila? It was tequila that was involved. His idea. We door dashed whatever. We door dashed like sushi or whatever bitches like and got like tequila. And it turned into porn. Just porn until like three in the morning. <laughs> Nothing but porn. It was five in the morning. Okay. It was five in the morning. I like your style, Joe. <laughs> But it's like, you know, so I know I touched base on me, you know, starting a gang. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. So He's about that life. No, here's what's wild is, no, I run a cult. Um, I do. Um, my brand name is Cult Poppy. And it's based off of me literally starting a cult with. <clears throat> I've thou- seen that name on Instagram. Mm-hmm. With thousands yeah. of women and women only. And I was like the only guy, but I was a boudoir photographer. And that's where the name Cult Poppy came from. Oh, okay. And so like these shootouts. Like, I'm the only guy. Whatever, it's just a bunch of girls. Most of the time, they haven't met each other, whatever. And, like, I've shot porn before. So, like, my boundaries are, as long as everyone's respectful, everyone is cool, we can shoot the content as long as it's valuable, right? Yeah. So, Devin shows up with cancer. (laughs) Why do you act like this is, like, a Louis bag or something? It's just an accessory. (laughs) She just shows up in tow with cancer, like, I'm ready. Party's here. And 
you know, we did get tequila and sushi, you know, whatever <laughs> the bitches yeah. like, right? And wow, the chemistry was pretty on point, I'd say. Um, but there's ball gags and spitting, spit. and wow. ass and eating, and yeah. I have that in 4K. <laughs> That's what like, he's slow got motion. videos. That's what like, are you, are you going to slow, get the no, video? No, <laughs> slow motion. Oh, yeah. Ass eating. And, and we, I came back that next morning and somehow there's body oil all over the wall of an Airbnb. Oh, I forgot about and that. And we freaked. <laughs> it was an arm print. It was an armprint on the wall, I guess, because we had, we were all like doused in yeah. baby oil, and I guess somebody had leaned against, and all the ball, all the walls were gray, and they, I guess, they had leaned against the wall, and it's just like this armprint <laughs> in baby oil, and so we woke up. I, I don't remember where we were going, and so we go down to the kitchen, and we see it, and I'm like. I was like, this is an expense. I was, what was it? The the Airbnb was like worth half a mil. It was an expensive Fuck. Airbnb that I got for two days. And I was like, <clears throat> I'm fucked. <laughs> I was like, I am so fucked. <laughs> I was like, they're going to know we were in here sinning. <laughs> no parties or orgies. <laughs> Bro, I was like, they're going to know I'm a whore. <laughs> like there's, there's proof on the wall. <laughs> like, and, uh, uh, he like made a TikTok of it and everything is like, so Devin, how hard did we go last night? <laughs> it's like, well, there's a bitch on the wall. <laughs> like, a girl had thrown up all in the toilet, didn't flush it. I oh. forgot. She stopped up the toilet in yeah. the bathroom downstairs. Cause this was like a four or five bedroom Airbnb. And I was staying there by myself. It was great. Wow. <laughs> did you meet these girls at the fashion house party? No. Oh, okay. No, he knew. You bank over to fix the wall. Hey, hey you bank go no. fix this. <laughs> well, he was probably there. <laughs> he, he's probably the one that brought the sushi. <laughs> DoorDash brought the sushi. Yeah. I don't know what you're all talking about. Uh, <laughs> but I actually met Shy at the fashion house. Oh, really? Yeah, they had, um, you know, because like, I like to just talk shit on the internet, whatever. I posted something, I don't know, and they somehow coined me as the lead photographer, put me in news and everything. And I'm like, bro, I, I had the smallest following. <laughs> Everybody, like, sure, I had the talent to back it up. Yeah. And like, I was not yeah. the lead photographer. And they they just could, they grabbed me first. They were able to connect me first. And Basically, Joel hadn't been discovered yeah. yet at that point. And then, yeah. That was this moment. But no, like, Sean and I had met at the Fashion House. We gave Eubank a little, uh, Tony gave him a skull, and I was, they were waiting next week outside. I was like, mm-hmm. I gotta get this in there. I gotta get this in there. It's for the shoot. This guy was like, the security guard was like, just lie to him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I was lying to and I went to his fucking room. You do what you have to <laughs> to get in. But literally, like, we were sitting there, standing, standing there for like, 20 minutes, you know, just waiting for them to get everything ready. And then he's like, just, just take this and just lie to him. Yeah. And so here I am. And then all my friends are still waiting. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Oh, I'm not my friends. But uh, hey, for me. <laughs> that was a fun party. Oh, it was but, a lot but of But Devin wasn't around for that. She came no. in like a year later. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was, I remember at one point I was just walking around doing blow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got videos of it and shit. I'm like, what the fuck? It's a good time. You know, yeah. I initially wasn't going to go. Really? Yep. I well, I was like, I'm not getting paid. Like, I'm not going. Oh, and yeah. I know this sounds so dumb. This sounds so dumb. I found out they were going to have gold chicken sliders. Like, man, that shit sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> 
Dude, so there you know was, what? That's, that's a selling point. That's that, a, it was. That's how easy that's you are. So, and I wasn't necessarily trying to be like, you know, whatever. It's just like, I mean, I'm getting paid. Why would I take something that I'm not getting paid for, right? Yeah. But but I saw them go chicken sliders. <laughs> and I immediately booked my flight to Nashville, right? And... It was a good decision. Where were you still living at before? before? North Carolina. Oh, I'm okay. actually from Memphis, but I was in North Carolina at the time. Oh, got you. And then I got COVID. At the party? <laughs> Super spreader. As you deserve. Yeah. The best is our friend Michael Kelly uh, had a cowboy hat on. And the people that live in Nashville, like making fun of the videos that people are finding yeah. online, you know? And one guy dubbed him the COVID, COVID cowboy. cowboy. Yeah. 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 He's walking around like, yeah. Dude, it was the best, man. Hey, bro, that's a cool nickname. That fucking party was lit. Yeah. I was there. I know. It was fucking... Before, the shootout was lit. Like, when, you know, not all the people were there. Yeah. Like, it was just us, the models. It's like 50 photographers. I was going to say, there. like, how many girls were there? Like, 100? No. I want, no, it was between 30 and 50 models. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it was... That was cool. Like, you know, we were going back and forth between... You know, they had all the feature rooms to the houses and everything. It was dope. Like, uh, he had the plastic surgery stuff, like the breast implants encased in the glass case and um, the Louis Vuitton, just feature wall. Just oh, everything. yeah, that was really cool. Everything was dope. And then you get to the party and everyone's just like fucking everywhere. And I'm like, uh, this guy, not as cool. <laughs> 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 like, they filled it to the brim with people. And it was well, just you nuts. remember the little white tub? Yes. I shot. Uh, yes. So I was, I was convinced. The rubber duckies. Yeah, with the rubber duckies. I was convinced someone was going to break that during the party. I'm like, pretty sure they did. It was like a white tub filled with rubber duckies. It was girls in it, you know, yeah. hanging out and stuff. And like, I'm just thinking, I was like, how mad is you going to be when some bitch breaks that thing? I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what do you expect? <laughs> True. Like, what do you expect? There's going to be damage. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's probably some claims at the party. That guy's always been like that, though. <laughs> but that's just part of the lifestyle. Yeah, he's always been just a connector. Mm-hmm. Like I credit everybody I pretty much know to him and Nick, Nick Harmeyer. But those people are very valuable. Yeah. Like once you realize, I mean, it's it's a very valuable asset to have as a human mm-hmm. being is to be able to bring people together on a positive <clears throat> thing. So yeah. So we were we were at I can't I don't even know what the hotel was. We were waiting for I think it was maybe you and or Nick or no I was with Nick. And before we went to the party, always oh, waiting on you and Polly, and they were just talking about what the fuck. I don't know. Move on. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I lost draw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Move on. It was um, the cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's bits and pieces missing. So, with your second BBL and your first BBL, oh god, yeah, how did you get back? What and how mean? do you sit down? Yeah, you can't sit down, oh, right? Yeah, BBLs are tons of fun. Um. So my first PBO was in Atlanta. I had someone drive me and uh, drive me back. I stayed in a recovery house for 14 days in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I had somebody come pick me up, drive me back. So I was on my stomach the whole time. I took off work six weeks. Um, the second BBO, I was in Miami. I took two of my girlfriends with me and mm-hmm. we got an Airbnb and they took care of me because I had a terrible um, experience at my first recovery house. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm not going to let a stranger take care of me ever again. So I had two of my girlfriends go with me. Um, they took me to all my appointments when we were in Miami. We were in Miami for about five or six days, came back together. Um, it's it's a long recovery. I took eight weeks off. I took off two months wow. for that one. Yeah, literally the next week after I went back to work is when I had my doctor's appointment about f- for the lump. Yeah. 
I had just gone back to work. But yeah, I took eight weeks off. It's not a fun recovery. It's so hard on I you physically. I heard the surgery is extremely dangerous, it is. too. It is. Is that why you decided to do it in the States instead of going like to Mexico yeah. and get it much cheaper? Probably? So, yeah, it, it is. It is cheaper. But in the Dominican and places like that, it's not regulated. Mm. Um, so it is a lot more dangerous. Uh, people that aren't real surgeons are able to do it because it's not regulated. Yeah. And in the in the U.S., it is pricier. But these are actual like board certified people. And even being in the U.S., my first BBL, I was botched. So... I mean, it's plastic surgery is is not something that should be taken lightly. You know, people have been like, "You really spent?" I spent fourteen thousand dollars on my first BBL, and I spent eleven thousand on my second. Yeah. (laughs) So, what did they have to do? Just even it out the second time? Yes, Uh, I had another round of lipo. I had it evened out my hips and uh, like my butt and and all that. And I had my I had most of my body done except for my. Now, do you have to do any type of exercises to, like, keep it going? I work out about three to four days a week. I do the Stairmaster. I do very little cardio because cardio is what burns the fat and it can get rid of your results. So I do a lot of, like, weightlifting pretty much. But I work out three to four days a week to maintain. So it's not kind of like one and done. Yeah. Because you see girls that have gotten their bodies done and they kind of, like, blow up afterwards. And that's because they didn't maintain. Mm. It's not a one-stop shop, you know. I mean, you still have to take it. You have to take care of yourself during the recovery process. You have to wear your faha, which is the compression garment. You need to take the time off. You have to be on a salt-free diet. There's a lot Jesus. that you have to get lymphatic massages. I had to get lymphatic massages every day for the first five days and then twice a week for 12 weeks. It's a lot of money. It's, it's a lot of maintenance. Um, so you have to really take care of yourself, and a lot of people don't. Is that something you always wanted? Or did the dancing kind of make you want to get it? I didn't really want it until I started dancing. And it's not like anybody was like, you know what, Devin? What would really set it off? Yeah. You need to get this done, girl. Is if your ass was just a little bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, everything else is good. Your personality is at least a seven and a half. But you know what would really sell it? Yeah. Your ass was a little- it's one of those things. I was already like kind of slim, thick. It's something that I wanted. I had a body ideal. And I guess dancing just opened that door mm-hmm. that I could have the BBL money. Because <laughs> they're not cheap. So probably if I, because I used to bartend before I was a dancer. Still as, as a bartender or something, I probably... I probably still would have wanted it, but I wouldn't have sought it out. Mm. Kind of like, this isn't ideal for me. It's not going to do anything for me. And I probably would have been one of those girls who's like, if I could do it, I probably would, blah, blah, blah. Um, but as a dancer, I'm like, I want it. I have access to it. And it would it would level up my money as well. So I was like, I can't lose in this. So I did do it for me, but it didn't hurt dancing wise. And I think it just opened that door to me being able to afford things I otherwise would not have been able to. Now, do a lot of girls at your club have BBLs too? No. So you're the only one? I'm not the only one. I think there's right now at my club, there's two other girls. Mm. Memphis just isn't isn't a big place for the BBL plastic surgery. Yeah. If you. Boob jobs, sure. Um, but other enhancements and stuff, not really. No, if you go to Miami. What was that place we went to? Those Booby are built trap. bitches trap. Yeah. The 24-hour Booby place? Trap? Yeah. Absolutely. I love that fucking place. We had like, There's there was a couple like a, of booby traps down there, there. There was like some like. On the river, I think, the one we yeah. went to. There, That's the best one. Yeah. There was like four or five girls just smoking hookah. Yeah. And they were like, they're like the B team. They all, but they're all hot as shit though, right? Yeah. Still. But like. 
these girls were like the top tier, right, right, and then right. the girls dancing were like you know the minor leaguers, I guess. But they were all hot, and then at a certain time. The girls that were smoking hookah started dancing, and that's when we went to the stage and stuff. We're like, "Why have you been sitting out there this whole time not dancing?" She's like, "Oh, let's let these kids make their money, baby." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I was like, "Damn!" Shot to the heart. <laughs> I was like, "Could you imagine being benched in the strip club <laughs> and people talking like?" I'm telling you, we were gonna give them a chance to make these, some money. These girls were all bad. I mean, every but girl was bad there, yeah. right? But these girls that were just smoking hookah and chilling for like four hours, and then like, they we went, know we're about to make five we're, racks we're, before we yeah, leave this we're, bitch. We're about to make. You know, it's like women like two o'clock when they started dancing. It's not even worth our time. Yeah. They're like, okay. Yeah. But that's so Miami is such a big place for plastic. You're going to find girls that look like me Mm. in Miami. Um, But yeah, it's kind of centralized in certain areas. But, you know, Memphis just isn't it's just not a place for people like me. Well, I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. No complaints. But yeah, yeah, it's just not a big place for plastic surgery. You know, if you want, you go to Miami or Atlanta, somewhere like that, you don't, you don't do it in this area. Yeah, It's just not prevalent here. So then they see me and they're like, you look like you should be in Vegas. <laughs> Fly me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm there tomorrow. Fe- feature me. Feature me. Right. Feature me. But I get that because, you know, I, I have aesthetics that aren't really known here. Because, mm-hmm. again, Miami, Florida, places like that is everybody looks like this, but not here. Yeah. It's the South. Your rarity. <laughs> yes. Blue hair <laughs> and everything. And the tattoos are like... You're not from around here. I'm like, actually, I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> Do a lot of people think you're mean? Yes. Yeah, I can get that. I can get that vibe. Not Did you think I was mean when you met me? She is. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, mind your business. We were Shut like, your whore we were mouth. Like, we were like, oh, that, that's one of like, the girls he mentioned in the booby trap. Just, just <laughs> you didn't there. think that about me, did you? You were the starter. You were the starter. You were the least starter, and the rest of them were just hanging with you, and then the rest of the girls were dancing. I even told my buddy, Polly because he follows you because we sent in your TikTok. Oh, no, yeah. Or Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat. And then uh, he was like, I was like, man, we talked to her that night, went up there, and she's, like, super nice. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you, like, even, like I said, the humanizing thing, this is your personality. It shows That's because you'll have something to offer. <laughs> we did give her a hoodie. She right? <laughs> I got a bikini, too. Yeah. Oh, Imagine, yeah. like. Don't let him underplay it. I got more than a hoodie. Oh, yeah. Like I said, you don't realize who someone is. You get on their bad side. Wait till you don't have anything to offer. <laughs> like, imagine being so <laughs> fucked. Don't isn't let him be detrimental to the brand. There, wait, wait till you don't. You walk to uh, walk up to her in a strip club and you don't have any money. All I do is ghost people, okay? <laughs> that's all That's all. Oh, I do. Her best thing is staff says, I'm not here for co- replying to your messages only for business inquiries or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I'm look, not saying look, look, look. she should, shouldn't be entitled. I'm not Say saying what you yeah. want, but I have over 8,000 people on my Snapchat. Jeez, that's a would lot of you fucking inter- people. Yeah. Would you entertain hundreds of people a day for free? They're not spending any money? Zero. No. Exactly. I wouldn't. So that's why I'm like, you know, if I'm only going to respond, hard eye emojis, don't pay my bills. Yeah. Mind your business. So <laughs> Unless you're taking those, then... She'll start taking those. What will you accept the hard eye emojis <laughs> yeah. and the drooling emojis and the fuck you have a fat ass? No. Sit on my face. How many dicks you get sent to you on your Snapchat? <sighs> and are any of them like actually like, oh wow, that's pretty nice. I still have sent some to my friends. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. And I'm like, do you think this is real or fake? Like, let's gauge this. Is it photoshopped or is it is it just really that pretty? But nine out of ten times, they're really fucking awful. Cause men 
don't think about selfies. We'll say they're selfies, they're dick pics, but <laughs> selfies in the way that women do. We have our angles. You know what I'm saying? We have our poses. Dick pics, I have gotten some of the nastiest dick. Like I had a man send me a dick pic. Like, so. I thought we were going like, to talk about this. Huh? I thought we were going to talk about this when I sent that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was between us until just now. Yeah, was kidding, was <laughs> but it was him over a dirty toilet. Oh, God. Get I'm like, together, you didn't man. think about that? Like, you couldn't have been like everybody else where it's like, it's like your pants down here. Because it's, it's pretty typical. It's like your pants down here. And then you're like, you're just, you're like your dick in your hand. I mean, but what I is a dick pic going to do for a woman? I don't, I don't understand the lore. I get asked for cum videos. Guys want you to jerk off? God damn it. You know I'm not talking about guys. I'm talking about women. I've oh, seen, the, I've seen I, his I, DMs. There's a lot of requests for cum videos. That's not a lie. I so they want you to like that kind send of him jerk off video? On. Yeah, they want me to moan. I did it the other night. Do you bust big loads or something? Maybe sometimes. Interesting. <laughs> Depends on the week. Depends on the week. <laughs> Maybe I'm depressed. Yeah, over here. <laughs> no, but like, that's a thing. Are you charging for, for your service? No. You need to monetize for, it. I, I, I did. You I see did. what I'm talking about? He's out here like Devin. Oh, shut up. Cancer. I did used to. He's giving come come to yeah, yeah. No, I used to, bro. I used to. I used to have my my like. I had my own snap at the time, and women would send me nudes to repost and repost their OnlyFans. Like, dude, if you saw my phone, nudes, nudes. Like it was just. And my worst thing is like you know doing boudoirs. Women will hit me up, butt ass naked. How do you think I look in this? <laughs> I'm like, put it on. <laughs> so, so detrimental to the brand. So that Airbnb where we did porn for like two days, right? So um, I got to the Airbnb first. Uh, he was already there. I just give him like the shit to get in the Airbnb. Yeah. He, I always just meet him. I'm like, all right, this is the door code. Go in, set up. Because um, I was driving from Memphis. So he's there before me. And I can hear him yelling upstairs. So it was two stories. He's like, Devin, get up here. He's like, there's so much natural light. We need to shoot this before it's gone. I was like, the okay. was going down. Okay? The sun right, was going right. down. So we go up there and I, we shoot stuff for my social media and for my OnlyFans as well. So we're up there shooting. He's like, okay, Devin. He's like, take your top off and looks to the side. And I was like, don't worry, Joel. I won't let your fans know you're not a real pervert. Because that's his brand. <laughs> I'm I'm serious. Like, y'all, like, it's not a joke. I am the photographer, videographer that can say and almost do what he wants on social media. And people are like, well, that's Joel. Mm. You know, but I'm, but why I can do that is because I'm not that. Yeah. And people know that. And it's for shock. Like, if I add people on social media, it's only because they look like they would get offended. And that's great content for me. It is. It's like, it's great content. So I don't need to see people naked. I don't need to see women naked. Like, I'm sorry, but it's like, you know, working at McDonald's, right? Once you, you know, touch the fries for only so long, <laughs> it just doesn't taste the same. I hate, that's such a awful analogy. I was going to use being a surgeon or something. Yeah. But I don't know why I ran with that. But no, like, I mean, and... I honestly think more men, I wish men could learn about the woman body, maybe kind of like the same way I did, obviously at an appropriate age, um, because it did a, like put me in a situation to appreciate women more. You know, like I don't look at them as a piece of meat. I don't, I see a pair of big boobs and it's just a pair of big boobs. Like it's just, it's like, I know some people get fat or a girl with a fat ass, like it's just an ass, like it's not. I don't value women like that. And I'm not saying that I did, but like, it's nice to be able to look through that and just like pay attention to the person um, behind those assets. 
Uh, but no, like I don't, I don't, I don't use my professionalism to see women naked. Yeah, yeah. We were in an abandoned building, and <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> you know, I trust this man to the yeah. places that I have followed him to. Yeah. So he was. Uh, so our, our shooting location had fallen through that day, and he's like, "All right, I know where we can go." He's like, "There's this abandoned building." I remember I, I was beating him to it, and I pulled over at a dollar store, and I was looking around. I was like, "Joel, are we?" Are like we're in the hood, and he's like Devin. They don't have Dollar Generals in nice areas, and I was like, <laughs> facts. He's like, just wait for me to get there. So I follow him to this abandoned building, right? So we start out shooting with me with clothes on, and then I'm nude. There's actually posts of me, like my silhouette, but I'm like butt ass yeah. naked except for Her my socks. socks. <laughs> I'm like butt ass naked for a lot of these pictures or whatever. And I, I was talking to him at one point, just wearing socks. He's like, Devin, you put some pants on already. Like he wouldn't even look at me. Mm. But also in that time while we were shooting some man, it starts coming from some corner <laughs> and walks through while I'm butt ass naked. <laughs> and so I'm just like in the corner, covering everything up just, and he's like, Oh, Oh wow. Sorry. Oh shit. I, I have to, I don't know where I'm going. I start. Oh fuck. And he's just like walking past me and Joel. And we're just like there in silence. Cause I'm just like, mm, Hello. Hi. You know, that reminds me of that. <laughs> when I posted the other day, my dick has led me to places I wouldn't go with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. So some random guy was just up there like shooting. I get just like for the scenery and then he turns a corner and there, I am like butthole naked or whatever. He was so embarrassed, but he came out of out of nowhere. I'm just like, hi. <laughs> wow. And so how did you get into shooting porn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. So you know, I had the cult, right? Mm-hmm. The fa- it was a huge Facebook brand group, biggest boudoir group ran by a male ever, right? Just chicks and me. Okay, and um, the day, like it was the day before I just quit my job. I was a surveyor. You know, I was making decent money and I was like, fuck it, I'm going full time. Had no real plan, right? Mm. No real plan. I, that's wild to say as a businessman. I would never suggest that. But <laughs> like, I don't know, like sometimes you just have to say, fuck it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I, my mindset was like, if I can give someone 50 hours a week, right? If I can give someone 50 hours a week, why can't I give myself 50 hours a week and be successful? That's if, if I can't do that, I don't deserve success. Yeah. So I quit my job, turned in my keys to my, my, my truck keys, turned in my truck, everything. The next day, Facebook deletes my brand group. Damn. I got all of my money. This is back then. Right. I got all of my money just from Facebook. I couldn't get it from Instagram. You know, it just Instagram models don't value this shit. Um, so I shoot like average women back then. And I hate to say that, but it is what it is. Average women or hurt women are going to, you know, book boudoir sessions. And that's I don't say that in a negative connotation. It's just it is what it is. People who don't value themselves like they should mm-hmm. usually book boudoir sessions. Um, and yeah, that <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> Um, uh, so that day they, I was on my way here. I was actually shooting, um, I can't, what, uh, it was, it's the biggest haunted house in Tennessee. It's actually here. The haunted web of horrors. Oh yeah. yeah. I was shooting a commercial for them and I was, it's 10 hour drive and I'm in the middle of the ride ride and I get the notification. They deleted my brain group and I was like, what am I going to do? And OF was huge at that time. 2020. You know, just huge. And I'm like, I, I'm i just going to be the blockbuster of porn. 
So what I started doing is I hooked up with friends and just, you know, chicks that would trade content with me. I'm like, look, you own this content. You can go sell it for $100, $300. I don't care. But I can sell it for a lot, for whatever I want on my OnlyFans. Bro, I cashed in at least between a grand and 1500 a month just off selling my content. That's, that's just from OnlyFans. Jesus. So that wow. it's not that I wanted to shoot porn. It's just I didn't like I didn't know what to do to get immediately immediate money. And that just worked like that was, you know, Facebook wasn't working. I'm like, well, I have girlfriends that I'm probably sure want to do that stuff. They're doing OnlyFans and boom. Do you know why they deleted your page? Did they ever did you ever find out? It was it was by accident. Oh fuck. That's even the worst. That's gotta be the worst. I thought maybe somebody was like, and oh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The month before. No, it wasn't the month before. When, when was when is Pride Month? In June. Okay, I'm sorry. In June, yeah. I had just worked with Facebook because I ran a big uh, photographer group. I had just worked with Facebook to let them advertise in my group. Like they wow. paid me, I think, two grand. Jesus. And I couldn't get a hold of anybody. And they, oh, that's. So like just like that, they took everything from. And I, you know, eighteen thousand maybe not sound like a lot, but for a Facebook group that's just strictly to your brand, that's a lot. That is a shit ton. And you know, I, I think the group I have now that's dedicated that's like maybe thirty five hundred people. But since then, they've changed the way you can build groups. You know how I built that many people in my group? I used to give dildos away as a monthly. Whoever invited the most people a month, I would give a sex toy away. And, and people guess, love free shit. But you know what's shitty about that? Because free I was, sex hold on, hold on. Here's, here's <laughs> yep. the shitty thing about that is not, it was genius. We're going to start there. It was genius because it worked. <laughs> was it wild? Fuck yes. But with me being a man or a man, other women that were boudoir photographers ran with that to try to make me seem like a predator, make me seem oh. weird. Like, why is this guy doing this? Blah, 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 blah. Well, me over here, I don't give a fuck. Fuck them. They're like, fuck them. So I continued it, and like it, it worked great. And guess what? It became a thing. Mm. It be- women started doing it in their groups, and all of a sudden it was normalized. But I had to take the. I didn't really take it L, but they used me as the poster child. As he shouldn't be doing that. That's weird. But then they go ahead and do that. Damn. But it all worked out. We're all here. I'm making great money. She's making great money. I hope y'all are doing well. <laughs> Well, you took the sink or swim and you you swam. I mean, you have to. Like, that's what yeah. I think. Like, you know, with the adversity, I mean, you just, you you sink or swim. It is what it is. You can sit there and accept defeat or you can just, like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what she did so well. Same thing with, you know, having cancer. It's like, like you're going to sit there and let it get the best of you? Fuck that. Turn into a gift. Fucking use that to motivate. Live like you're dying. It's a song for a reason. Do you have girls underneath you? Like, uh, do you have other OnlyFans girls? Mm-mm. I immediately thought, yeah, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's the starter. I appreciate him. Then look you at the look benches. Him, he gasses me up. He never gasses me up. This is for you, not me. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. Because <laughs> he's always like, Devin, he has to bring me down a notch because then I'll be unstoppable. God sent me here because he knew if he didn't, she would be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. so, I've got to keep her in check. <laughs> you got your yin and yang over here. So No, I've never collabed on OnlyFans. But would you have people like, like underneath, like work for you? Like, would you help them build their thing and like maybe take a cut of their? Oh, like would I be a madam? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Would she be a pimp? (laughs) Would you be a pimp? 
I mean, I like I would if the money was there. But that's not. But hold on. Remember when I told you like we all have our roles, right? Yeah. That's not her role. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what something that she would do. Like I don't think that's your. No. Because you know you have like people that run like OnlyFans stars pages. And, yeah, like management, management groups. Teams. Yeah. There's a, and there's a lot of them. And now that so many people have OnlyFans, it's been coming out with with management groups. I don't have anybody who manages my OF. I manage mine. But I mean, it is it is a thing. I don't know. I feel like that's just so taxing because I know how taxing my OnlyFans. You know what she should do? And oh, I've been trying to talk her into doing this. Jesus Christ! She started a porn company. He has brought that up for like a year. Why wouldn't straight. you look at the industry's uh, worth billions of dollars? I mean, you can rent another Airbnb in Nashville. Mm. <laughs> I'm just saying, think about this though. Like, if you're an investor in a porn, whatever, and you're a woman, like it's a safe space already because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. So if you can pull in the girls to get the shot content shot, you probably wouldn't have to pay them. They just want the content, kind of like what I do with OF. And yeah. I know that I know that sounds like such a shitty thing to do, but that's just the way business works. Be like Adam twenty two and land the plug. You know, I didn't even know who they were until TikTok, but they popped up on my for you page, and I was like, "It's an interesting dynamic." But I just think there's so many opportunities to run with that because you want know, like talking about podcasts. I mean, you look at TikTok now. I mean, porn's becoming big on TikTok. They're just finding a smart way to get away with it, right? Yeah. And you know, when bro, think about the podcast you could have doing porn. Well, that's the Adam twenty two one. Mm-hmm. They fuck afterwards. Oh, do they? So, like, how long is it that they just record and then they go have sex? Yeah. Is, is, the, is the porn uploaded, like, to, like, a... Like, like is it OnlyFans only content? Yeah, it's OnlyFans Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So they do the interview and then they fuck. So what does the guest get? I guess they get the content. But think about that, though. Like, I mean, that's, like, if you've got the platform. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, I think... I think it's a good idea. I think, man, he's been pushing for like a year for me to what, do it. What, 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 why don't you want to do it? You think it's just an industry I don't know anything about. I, I mean, do. I, yeah, um, I guess that's that's my only hang up outside of OnlyFans. Like, I've never, I'm not on Pornhub or anything yeah. like that. I haven't ventured outside of OF. But I think that's where a lot of her value is missing. I told her she needs to be on Pornhub. Why not? You can't, don't say you're a sex worker and be like, I don't have a porno. That's just like saying you prefer, like, you love Diet Coke. Come on, bro. A lot of people don't see OnlyFans as I like, feel like a, lot a of porn channel. Do. Well, they're trying to rebrand, I saw. They, so what about, um, what'd you say? Like as like they don't see it as like a like a porn. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Streaming, I guess because it's so individualized to the person and it's not mainstream. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't see that as porn, even though it is your amateur porn. I guess a lot of people don't see it as like uh, many vids and um, uh, Pornhub and and things like that. They just I don't know. Now, do your people feel like a real connection with you? Is that the main allure of OnlyFans? It as depends like on the person. DMs? Some people don't interact with me at all. Uh-huh. And then there are people that will message me and just be like, how are you? Like, what's going on? Some people don't message at all. Some people just strictly looking for content. Mm-hmm. But then I have people like I'll post something on my feed or I'll send out a PPV and they'll buy it, respond, just be like, I, you're just I'm such a big fan. Like you're one of my favorite Instagram models or you're my favorite dancer at your club, blah, blah, blah. It's people that I've met in person, but you know, they're anonymous on my only fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so people use it as a kind of a funnel to speak to me. Some just cause they want to 
see me naked and they never have that they haven't had the opportunity whatever whatever uh so it it depends it's everybody treats it differently like are you just do you have you just had a crush on this girl and you just want to see them naked do you actually have some sort of connection where you're like you know what i i have been following you on snapchat and i've i've kind of followed your life and you know i i actually think you're cool and i just wanted you to know that and i think you're beautiful and blah 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 or they met me at the club and they call and then they'll not call me but message me and be like, oh, I got a dance from you last night. It was the first time I've ever been to the strip club. Like, you know, I thank you for making my experience, my first experience great. So everybody kind of just treats it differently. So some people it is just to see a girl that they've had a crush on or they think is attractive, you know, that just to see them does the fucking dude, themselves. Does like, the, yeah. Does the <laughs> DJ at the club call out y'all's OnlyFan handles? No. I've that'd never, be, I've never asked him to. That'd Somebody, be pretty cool though. Like, yeah. hey, you can also find her on, and then kicking back a little bit. You Were know? you doing That's a true. thing where they had the girls dancing during the pandemic, or was that during your sick time? No, I did not do that. I remember that they had a few girls. They stopped doing it. Yeah. Um, but they had people kind of come individually because of you know COVID and everything. Like they didn't have a lot of people in there at one time, but they had girls. I didn't do it. I was I was traveling at the time. But I think the sex industry really does push the envelope on a lot of shit and it kind of pushes shit forward. Like even like DVDs and online streaming and yeah. all that is just strictly from porn usually. So that's amazing. Because wasn't porn also shot in 4K first before it became like a foot, like sports and stuff? What? I said wasn't porn first shot in 4K or wasn't 4K first in porn before it been everywhere else? Mm, that's a good question. Because I remember seeing 4K porn, and I was like, whoa, what is this? And I clicked on it. And I'm, I was like, because it said, you know, 4K. I'm like, what the I think f-? it was just what you experienced before you experienced sports. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, what do you, you saw it there What first? do you mean I, I had to push rewind on my remote and my VHS tape? I know I'm the camera guy, but I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to find. I mean, I, I thought. Google right now. I'll be your search guy. Hold on. Yeah. Continue your conversation. I got you. But yeah, I I, I think it was. But yeah, it's it. But I think they. I think you should like give him some money to say that, and then maybe you get some more people following you on OnlyFans. That's true. I don't know. Like, you know, that's true. Like, hey, you want to see me naked and jerk off? Go to my OnlyFans. <laughs> do you do custom videos on your OnlyFans? Yes. Is that where the money is? The custom stuff? Yes. Mm. So, what kind of customs have you done? Um. Do you get to keep the cut? Is like it your custom? So, um, it it depends. So. There's some stuff that you could obviously resell. Yeah. I resell it. <laughs> but, but I mean, but you can also pay extra to where it's for your eyes only. It never goes anywhere else. It's not resold. Oh, okay. So, you know, you have to think with a custom, it can end up being a lot of money depending on what you, what you want. Yeah. Um, it's an add on to say your name. So obviously something that has a name and it couldn't be resold. Oh, okay. So, but customs, I mean, it, it can be a few hundred dollars depending on what all that you want, but you can pay a fee to where it's not resold. Like it really is made for you. Never seen by anybody else. So it it depends on the person. Some people they don't give a shit, you know. And then there's some they're like, "This is for me. This is my spank bank, and this is my pussy for however you know, however many minutes long, yeah. <laughs> you know." So it it just but there is a lot of money in making customs because also you bring fetishes into play. Mm. You know, not a lot of content that you're just sending out to the general public is going to be fetishized. So. A lot of people will come to you, hey, how fetish friendly are you? 
this is what I like is art. Like, are you comfortable? Blah, blah, blah. So there is a lot of money. There's more, more money in customs than there is in individual that you just send out. So like your general following. So you got to stay behind the paywall. Yeah. So fun 4k fact. (laughs) Oh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that 4k was actually the, the technology for 4k was invented in 1984. What? Yeah. They just didn't have a display for it. Mm. And so in 2001, the first display was made. But the first movies, and maybe the pornos don't count as movies, the first movies that experienced 4K was like Chappie and Hancock. Okay. (gasps) Interesting. Huh. It's wild. Learn something new every day. So not porn. That's just where you saw (laughs) (laughs) it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Man. 1984. That's four years before I was born. It's probably like the government has all the money to do this research. I mean, most stuff like the internet. Um, I think the weather it comes from the government. Most stuff that we have comes from the government because they have just endless money to spend on shit. Didn't tests. the microwave come from the government? I wouldn't be surprised. Not the know. microwave. I'm serious. Oh, maybe that's something I saw in Men in Black, the movie. There's <laughs> I think they might have been Men in Black, for real, for real. Joel's or Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> because they were talking about it in Men in Black, how they invented the microwave. It's government. So maybe maybe that's where I got that from. It might be true, though. So what's next? What are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, tr- so would you go, would you get like a group of girls and like hit different clubs? So I do. I am looking into uh, traveling, probably starting next month, kind of broadening. Because I, I haven't traveled since COVID, and that's yeah. also because I had to. Um, so I'll probably start traveling next month in the next month or so, and start going to bigger cities and kind of start featuring as fifty k. Oh, that's legit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So kind of because I don't. I don't want to stop dancing. Dancing is part of my brand. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to stop dancing. I'll, I'll dance until I stop making money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to be shaking ass until I don't make money anymore. I'm like, you know what? I should probably like hang it up. <laughs> I mean, there's an 80-year-old lady named Granny Shirley that stop used to this. do porn. So, I mean, there's an ass for every seat. I've worked with 40-something-year-old women that um, are still killing it. You, you know, running Granny circles Shirley. around. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, Google uh, Granny Shirley. Uh, <laughs> Joel, yeah. I mean, Joel, Google. But, yeah, so, um, like, I'll, I'm not going to stop dancing. Like, I'll, I'll dance as long as I can. But I kind of want to, like, take it and do something, like, outside of Memphis with well, especially it. with your internet reach, you're – Hitting people all over. Yeah. And do you have a lot of people like, hey, I want to see you in my town? Yeah. I Especially on Snapchat. Um, when I advertise that I'm dancing at Purple Diamond on the weekend, they're like, well, when are you coming out to Los Angeles? Yeah. Do you ever dance out here? Have you ever been here? Blah, blah, blah. I'd love to see you out here. It's actually funny. Um, we got a new cook at our club. It's going to be funny if he ever hears this. But uh, I walked into the kitchen to talk to somebody else. He's like, 50K? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, my my brother knows who you are. He's like, he's on the spectrum, but he like loves your content. He's like, and he sent he lives in Texas, and he's like, he has sent me your uh like has sent me your stuff on social media. He's like, that's how I know who you are. But his brother lives in Texas. That's and, awesome, man. Yeah. That's good reach. That's good reach. Yeah. So I get I get people from Cali, Vegas, kind of a little bit everywhere because I can go see like my insights. Yeah. And it's all New York, all over the place. So, like, are you going to have to plan this 
featuring yourself or are you going to hire like a company? Or I thought about it because I've seen dancers that have been with companies, but I was going to kind of try to do because I've never been managed and mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about someone taking some of your money. I don't, I don't know how about, like, I was like, Joel, he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could lead her, you could lead her into the porn. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that regardless. Yeah. yeah. He's like, could. Devin's going to fold eventually. Yeah, I already yell at her enough. He does. And it's like, I, I can't drag, like you can't pay me to drag you <laughs> because it's just, it's going to be worse for our mental health. And I just like, I know she can afford a lot of things, but she can't afford that. <laughs> That kind of therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I've never been managed. And I've I, like I've up to this point tried to do as much by myself without being managed. I wouldn't be against it, but I would like to kind of try to do it myself. But I know that there are agencies out there to help feature entertainers mm. and all that. And they'll set the tours up for them and reach out to the clubs and set all that. I mean, so it, it would be nice to not have to do it myself, but I would probably kind of baby steps, try to do it myself. See if it even works for me. See if I even like it yeah. before I would try to kind of take it on seriously. Cause I might be like, uh, I'm not crazy about it. Like I'm just going to like dance at home or just travel on my own time when I want to and not do it professionally. It could be like, you, you could end up one of the places like the place in Nashville you went to where there was nobody tipping. <laughs> you like, you, it's like, you want, me to go, like, you want me to get up there, get naked. My stripper soul <laughs> was like on fire. But that's, I mean, that's, so I might hate it. You know, rules are different everywhere. Music is different. You know, policies, all of that. Everything is different. So I may not like it, you know, and just be like, well, I like this handful of clubs and I'll just go and travel on my own time, like for my own money or whatnot and not do it like professionally. But I am trying to kind of move my like dancing outside of Memphis. Can be big. I'm going to try. Where are some of the places you've danced at? Not many. Um, I, ooh, I've been in Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Tennessee. I think that's it. Right now on my roster, I have Vegas, Phoenix, and Savannah, Georgia, mm. where I've got I got hired ahead of time because I was like, um, "Are you going to take me with blue hair and tattoos?" Because <laughs> I'm a little alternative, like yeah. art, like because there are policies against that. Um, I oh. actually several years ago. Try to get hired at two different clubs in Atlanta. This is before uh, before my first BBL. I only I only had a boob job at the time because I got my boobs done when I was bartending before I ever started dancing. And one club said that my butt was too big. <laughs> then they don't do thick girls. Um. And they have like like small petite. But they didn't tell me that over the phone before I came and showed up. So they told me that my butt was too big. Um, and then, um, the number one club in Atlanta, they were like, body wise, we would take you like you're gorgeous, but you have too many tattoos. So uh, everywhere that you go, it's, it's different. You know, um, also that first club that I've been to in Atlanta, they, uh, I had red hair at the time and I was like, uh, cause they were like, they're like, are you blonde or brunette? I was like, I'm neither. What do I put on my (laughs) application? And she was like, well, just put brunette for now. She's like, but you're not allowed to have dramatic hairstyles or colors. So you'll have to change your hair. Wow. I couldn't even have red hair to work there. That's how they wanted you to be girl next door, I guess. Mm. And yeah, so policy, not everybody's accepting of the, you know, the fat ass and the the blue hair and tattoos. I am. Thank you. Appreciate you, fam. No problem. No problem. (laughs) I tolerate it. Yeah. See, Joel. Thank you, Joel. He hates it. 
Don't let him lie to you. He's like, Devin, I really wish you would just change your hair. <laughs> and this is before I ever went blue. I didn't even tell him I went blue because I knew he'd have a problem with it. Lighting. It fucks up with lighting, right? It's just a really selective color. So. <laughs> mm. He didn't like the purple or the pink. And he doesn't <laughs> like the blue either. It's like, Devin, just go back to red. Never. What's, if, the, what's the next color? I don't know. I've thought about going back purple. I'm I'm hung up. I'm hung up. That was a few months ago, right? When you had purple. Yeah, yeah that's okay. That's when we were talking to you at the club. Yeah. So I'm kind of I'm kind of hung up on it. I don't know. I might go back purple. I might go back red. I don't know. Like Dennis Rodman. Kinda. <laughs> I mean, without the wig, must have. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I don't wear wigs. This is weave. <laughs> I don't know the difference, but <laughs> he doesn't either. We were talking about something, and he was like, "Devin, he was like, he was like, just take your wig off." We we're talking about my hair color. I was like, "It's not a wig." I was like, "This is my hair." He's like, "Ah." <laughs> this reminds me of those memes, like where, "Hey, I want this haircut," and the barber's like, um, "Callie Jenner has a wig on in this picture." I'm like, oh, yeah. sorry, never mind." <laughs> He's just like, "Devin, you act like you can't just like take it off." I was like, "No, it's my hair." I was like, this, "These are extensions." Like, oh. Well, never mind. <laughs> Do you want to ask her your question? Yeah, sure. Um, oh, God. Okay. Have y'all been like, <laughs> like the question we've been holding out the whole so time? So Tony always asks, he has four questions he asks. Okay. Like George, you know, and then I ask just one question. It's like two part. So the question I ask is, uh, what is your definition of happiness? And are you happy? Everybody's definition of happiness is, is different. Um, I feel, I find wealth and happiness in my experiences and in people. Um, I think that I'm the best that I've ever been now. I think I'm in the best place that I've ever been, mm -hmm. given the circumstances, like I had said earlier. Um, I am happy. I, I feel like everything, every uh, heartbreak down down the road brought me here for a reason. So I don't really have a lot of regrets. Um so, yeah, I think the happiness for me is the things that I've accomplished up until now. Um, I'm the most proud of the person that I am now than I've ever been. And I have the most solid and genuine relationships where I don't have to kind of it's unconditional. You know, I don't have to question where I stand with these people. I, I don't have to worry about how they talk about me in a room that I'm not in, mm. you know, and I think that that's true happiness, like not being anxious not having to to worry about if you're loved, if you're cared about, if you're in a in a good place. And I think I'm in the best place that I've ever been with the best people that I've ever had. That's awesome. <laughs> I try. <laughs> What's your advice for people and what mark do you want to leave on the world? My advice for people, uh, social media is fake. <laughs> um, the things that you, I, I don't think that you should uh, mold your life or your ideal of life around what you see on the internet and what you see with other people, because what's for me is not for you. What's for you is not for me. Like I said, everybody has a different mm. definition of what happiness is. Uh, life is going to take everybody in different places. And I don't think that you should mold what your life experience should be around other people's. Cause I think that that will bring you down, depress you and make you unhappy because you're not, you're looking at these other people and you're like, well, I'm not where they are, but that doesn't mean that's where you should be. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's other people, they're like five kids and a white picket fence makes them happy. 
that's not what would make me happy. I'm not meant for a desk job. I'm ADD and, (laughs) you know, I like physical, you know, I like the physical being face to face with people. And I've always been in the service industry. That's what makes me happy. I don't want to be a desk. I don't want to be a stay at home wife. So I, I feel like it's just, it's what you want. Do what you want, not what people tell you to do or who to be. I I get that you don't want to disappoint people and it's all about perception. You're like, well, what if they don't like me? And what if they talk about me? Damned if you damned if you don't. It doesn't matter what you do. If I was working a desk job, people would still hate me. Like whether I'm half naked, like Mm, looking alternative on the internet, they would still find a reason not to like me if I was sitting behind a desk and I was a blonde. You know, so do whatever the fuck you want. Be whoever the fuck you want to be. Because at the end of the day, we all end up six feet under. True story. And it's not going to fucking matter then. So it's about the years that you have now, the time that you have now, and what's going to make you happy in that time. Not everybody else. What's going to make you happy? What's going to make you get up, get up out of bed every day and make you feel good when you go to bed at night? So fuck people. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the people that don't serve you, that don't benefit you, and don't make you happy. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. Be around the people that make you happy and the things that make you happy. And fuck the rest. <laughs> and what mark do you want to leave on the world? Um, I want people to at least have had some with their interaction with me. I want it to at least just be positive. Like you 10, 10 years down the, down the road have to be like, I remember that big booty blue haired girl <laughs> from the bar who like gassed me up when she was drunk in the bathroom. I want to make people feel good. Mm. I just want to make people because I because we've all been there. I know what it feels like to feel bad and to not feel appreciated and not to feel loved. And again, like having that anxiety, like do people like me? Like I know I like me, but do other people like me? And I just want I just want to make people feel good because I've like I know how it feels to not to be sad, to not feel enough. And I wouldn't want that for other people. So my mark is just, I guess, to kind of um, give people the courage to be who you want to be. Like I said, I'm, I'm from Mississippi. I have a college degree. I came from a conservative town with a lot of money and I left and I've got an OnlyFans and I started stripping all of these things that people from my town, they, you don't do that. Yeah. Like, again, it's the college is very wealthy and it's conservative. My family is very conservative and Devin just wild out. <laughs> like, But yeah. that's because that's what made me happy. You know, after I had my degree and everything, I was just kind of like, do I want to work for, do I want to do corporate? Like, do I want to work? How many years would it take? I'd have to start from the bottom. Do I want to do all that? Or do I want to live today? Or do I want to be like, maybe in two years, I'll be where I want to be at. Maybe then I'll be making the money that I want to be, but I can make cash now and I can have things now. Like, so I, I just want to just fuck it. <laughs> like fuck yeah. them people. Yeah. I just I, like so I would want to like inspire people to 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 do what's going to make them happy cuz this makes me happy. I like that answer. <laughs> and my last two questions oh, are God. I should have prepared. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happens when we die? And who would you like to give flowers to? Um what do I think? Ha- okay, so I'm not I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. So I guess it's kind of up in the air. I, like I know I I'm very much it sounds hippie ish, but I'm very much like you give back what you put out with people, and and I believe in energy transfer and all of that. Just being like good to people. Um, 
I don't know that I really believe in reincarnation or if it's just kind of over after we pass away. It's possible. I wouldn't rule it out. Mostly I just kind of concentrate on like who you are as like in life. And if there is a sort of sort of afterlife that continues on, like how you treated people in life. Like if you were a bad person, it's probably going to, you know, probably not going to have a good time in death, you yeah, know, yeah. probably not going to be happy. And you know, if you were a good person in life then you get good things in, into the next life or the afterlife, wherever it takes you. Um, I would give flowers to my younger self. Hmm. I would give flowers to that little girl, you know, um, growing up who, cause I, you know, I, I came from, I came from, you know, a broken, broken home. My, my parents were divorced when I was really young. It was a very, you know, volatile, um, relationship that I, you know, I grew up in that kind of home and then, you know, I had the single mother and I don't talk to my mom. Uh, I just saw my mom several years ago. So I would kind of like give flowers to that, that younger, that younger self, that little girl, like growing up who kind of felt like she wasn't enough and, you know, her family wasn't there for her and just be like, baby, it's going to be okay. It's, you don't understand right now, but it's going to be okay. And then it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. This isn't you. It's going to be Okay. You're full of good answers. Thank you. I try. <laughs> okay, I made mean, one last one. Oh, he's my, trying to trip me up. I feel no, like no, this no. is on purpose now. Yeah, yeah. Now, now it comes the curveball. Yeah. Oh. My buddy threw this at me the other day, but he said, what are you grateful for? What am I grateful for? I almost died. <laughs> and I, the, and it, again, you have to be in it to understand. I yeah. have to go through the whole story. But I think that that was, that was my precipice, you know, where it's like, are you going to do this or you're not like, and if you do do it, are you going to make it worth it? Like, are you going to waste away the second chance at life that you got? And then you look back and then you actually have these mm. regrets. So, I mean, you, I had to make a lot of decisions in that time. And I think that that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, losing those relationships that were not serving me that, you know, the people that weren't actually supporting me and they weren't happy for me and behind my back were probably secretly hoping on my downfall. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad to be rid of that. And it was that whole kind of it was a transition. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm happy for that, because, like I said, my whole entire perception of, of life changed. And now I'm just like way more chill. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm probably not going to I'm not I'm not going to entertain this or I'm, I'm not going to entertain that. It's it doesn't do anything for me. Like everything being here, looking out looks very it, it just looks very high school to me for a lot of things. Like it's just not big anymore. And what bit, what is big is very big. It's, it's, it's important. So um, that's probably what I'm, I'm grateful for. And the, the people that did stay with me through that time, like that's as cliche as it sounds, love in, in whatever form from other people or self love does way more than people realize. Mm. Like that's, that's just not something you can buy. So have you outgrown Memphis? Yes. Where are you going next? I have no idea. <laughs> well, we need to go see her at the club while we still can then. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I mean, or I you can just be a friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
a pain friend. Here you go. Here's some dollars. I appreciate right, that. Joel? Right, Joel? I appreciate right, it. Right, right. Money. <laughs> yeah. Joel is like, what? <laughs> pay her so she can pay me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, so so um, when I moved to Memphis, I had moved here for a boyfriend. I had never intended to move here. It's not where I wanted to go. I moved here for a relationship I'm not in anymore. Um and so it was just a series of unfortunate events because after I left him, COVID hit a couple months later. And then after we reopened after COVID, I got cancer. And then uh, it's just so that's kind of like what kept me in Memphis. But again, I don't regret it yeah. because if I had never came to Memphis, I never would have met this one mm. or the people that I have now yeah. that I call family. So I don't I don't regret the relationship or how it ended or anything like that because um, it brought me here. It was, a, it was just this domino effect. But now that, you know, I've kind of been here for a while and I've started doing other things outside of Memphis because Memphis is kind of dead end from what I'm doing. I've definitely outgrown it and probably in the next like year I'll be out. Maybe you'll find the city you want to move to on your tour. And that's kind of what I'm hoping. Because I was like, if I start traveling again, I can kind of get a taste of different Mm -hmm. places and see where I make the most money or where I I like it the best, you know. But I just haven't traveled since COVID. So it'll kind of like broaden my horizons, just getting out there and and being in different places. Yeah, maybe like... Fort Lauderdale or Miami. I've thought about going to Florida. I danced in Destin. Well, it's technically Fort Walton. It's it's over the over the bridge. It was awful. Yeah, it's bad. I made it there a weekend and it was a trash. Um, so I've been in Miami a couple, but never to dance. Yeah. Um, so I've thought about like kind of hitting up like Tampa, like doing a tour in Florida because there it, it is very it's a it's a dancing heavy area. Yeah. Um, you know, in Tennessee, you're not gonna find a lot of places where you dance. But in Florida, it's it's big for that. So I've kind of you know thought about going to Florida and kind of traveling around and finding because I've got some friends out there and they're like, I like it better than Memphis. You would have crushed it at Platinum. Yeah, that was before that was before my my day. But I still hear stories about it, and I've got some regulars. I mean, that you know they're just yeah. their old heads. They've been in the strip club forever, and they're just like. Nothing the glory phases days. me. <laughs> They're like nothing phases me anymore because you saw it all yeah. at Platinum. It was wild, man. Yeah. It was super fun. It was wild. Everybody went there after we left one five two or whatever we were doing. Yeah, we partied there, did more drugs there. You know, it was just Fuck a lot yeah. of fun. I would have killed it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. definitely would. <laughs> the only other club in the United States that I've been to that kind of was on that level was Diablo. Where's and that? And that's in Portland. Okay. And Eubank told me to go to that one. He's like the connoisseur. Is that the one that had the the butt plug uh, with the foxtail or whatever you were telling me about? No, I was sitting there talking to this girl for like hours. And then she gets on stage. It's whole new, like three different stages that start and then topless and then bottomless. Yeah. And she bends over and she has a butt plug in her ass. And I'm like, was this in your ass the whole time? She's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah. Look, with the the right lady, butt plugs don't bother me. You know, but, uh, yeah, I, I actually, somebody had told me they live in Oregon right now and they're like, you should go out to Portland. Cause they said it has like, I've been drinking. I was at Mulligan's. Um, so I don't know how good my memory, but like 80 something strip clubs all together in Oregon. I think that's the number he dropped. The number he dropped on me was a really large number. And he's like, and that's not something that I'd ever thought. I was like, Oregon. He's like, you would be surprised. He's like, and there's a lot of money out there. Mm, it's beautiful. Out yeah. There but too. there's, there's like all of these states you just yeah. don't really think about. Mm-hmm. You're like, 
like that just didn't seem like an epicenter for dancing for me. But he was like, you would be surprised. He's like, those girls are making a lot of money. He's like, there's a lot of money in Portland alone. And then, you know, in Oregon, they've got all the agriculture and the weed fields and all of those things. And he was like, so you wouldn't expect it. He's like, but there's like 80 something collectively like strip clubs out there. He's like, you'd make a lot of money. Joe, book the tour. Portland it is. I'm on it. Manager. <laughs> <laughs> See, look at his face. He's like, I don't want to manage yeah, this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no. I asked him, I was like, you know, you might as well. Like, we do everything else together. And he's like, fuck no. <laughs> he's like, I do not want to be your manager. Devin. He's like, you better find somebody else. Yeah. That's not the job I want. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming. I think you Why do you sound me? so dejected? <laughs> I was like, well, thanks He's for just upset it's over. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, well, appreciate it. No. But yeah, I think you're really going to do well in whatever tour Thank you decide you. where you're going. It's going to be fun for you. Thank you. Don't gas me up too much. Joe will, go, Joe will definitely be there. He'll humble me in the He'll car. He'll be flying back and forth, <laughs> shooting in Nashville, shooting, coming, coming to Where can everybody find you at? Oh, um, I'm 50K Bay on most of my platforms. Uh, underscore 50k bay underscore on instagram 50k bay official on tiktok twitter 50k bay it's 50k bay everywhere snapchat it's 50k bay until the rebrand when you're 100k or yeah oh yeah <laughs> i don't know if i should joel brought it up too he's like you know don't at some point you're gonna have to like change. i was like no 50k for life well I, for me i was just kind of like because that's the name that i had and where i was at we're when working I started. to 500k <laughs> yeah, baby. what am i gonna do living the dream <laughs> you know, like tony said earlier you're gonna have boobs out of here your bbl's gonna what's, be out what's of her here. name what's her name um i forget allegra cole is that allegra cole oh that yeah. lady Wow! Every yeah. time, dude. Every time she Wild. gets her lips done, I be checking the shit out of her. I'm like, oh my god! I was collabing with my friend Ray, and um, so we did our individual shots, and then we're we're doing shots together. He's like Devin, and he just looks at me. He's like, Did you just get your lips done? No, bro. Hi, hi. No, <laughs> her like, lips. Yeah. Her lips look like this. <laughs> <laughs> Is it painful to get it done? I was like, yeah. I was like, I just got them done Tuesday. Leave me alone. He's like, there's something with your face. And he's just like, did you get your lips done? It took him a second just staring at me. Yeah. Because I didn't know it was coming next. But yeah, it's painful. And it's a lot of of money. And I'd be doing it like once a month. So why was the reason why you got the last boob job? The truth? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I told people, I was like, I was, it was just time. No, radiation. Oh. Yeah. Man, like, we, our buddy Tito, his brother, David, lost his arm uh, from okay. cancer when they were, like, little kids. They moved here for St. Jude. They grew up in Honduras. Yeah. And they fell. He fell. And then, luckily, he fell. That's the reason they found he had a tumor. Okay. If he wouldn't have fallen, he would be dead right now. So, anyways, he did the podcast, and he was telling us stuff, and- it's stuff we didn't think about, like the after effects of the radiation and all that shit. It's like, yes, I'm cancer free, but there are side effects that come along with it. It and poisons that's a lot your of times, body. Yeah, we just don't mm. think about that. Kind radiation, of stuff. and they told me too because you know it literally burns burns the area. So like it, my 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 breasts look like it was sunburnt. Wow. Like uh, it was insanely tender. I had to stop using certain kind of deodorants. Um, that have like aluminum in it because it'll mess with the machine and it lessens the effectiveness of radiation, all of these things. 
And I remember him telling me he was like, it can get like X amount of bad with with the burns. And he was like an itching. He was like, can cause scarring, whatever, whatever. And he, he was saying and he said it can get worse for up to two to four weeks, even after you stop the radiation, because it's still working in your body for several weeks later. He's like, so the the burning and everything and the nerve damage can get worse over time. Even after you've stopped it, because it's still working in your body for so long afterwards. Man, that's wow. I had a great time, guys. <laughs> no, thanks. No, yeah. <laughs> Trauma for days. And it makes me, it makes me funnier. It's fine. Yeah. It's character building. <laughs> but I think your story is a good story that needs to be heard. Thank you. And the porn career. I feel like you're going to send me a message in like two weeks. Like, so <laughs> have y'all started yet? <laughs> yeah, drop a link. They're definitely on your side with this. And I don't appreciate I look, it. <laughs> I would rather her start the porn company. And just let me do everything that I would manage. What kind of porn would it be? Well, if it was my choice. Mm. So I don't know, man. I think um, like if we were going to go out, like I think like creative intimacy would be really hot. Like with just mean? lighting, just like, just like, I don't know, just two to three people, just like it just being intimate, like the way they touch each other, like it's sex, like really sexy kind of porn. Mm. It's still sex. Do you talk about sensual? I guess that, I mean, yeah, sexy, I, mean, I know. Or, I've seen, I watched, yeah. I've seen porn like that. So more kind of intimate than just like fucking, like fucking. Yeah. 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 Like it fucking. would just be like, holy fuck. Like it just wouldn't be your, like your cheap. Get off, kind of. Yeah, like there's more passion in it yeah. than just boom, boom. And the done. lighting would be sexy too. So, like, you know, it's just I'm kind of into that. Okay, like, <laughs> like it's got. Do like, you watch porn? Do it no. Do you, oh, I, for scientific for scientific reasons. Yeah, well, there's a guy. It's a guy's name is Jess by Jess. Jess by Jess. J e s h. J e s h. By J e s h. But anyways, his does like that kind of porn you're talking about it's very like photo it's beautiful yeah. it's art yeah well that's what i would like to create is just like cinematic porn like i want the hbo but porn yeah mm. yeah you should look at his stuff it's i mean just okay. like the girls like even like before the fucking part like it just it's just beautiful how he films and but, the music he puts with it is good too but think about that like imagine so my idea behind that is like i think the value is much higher Maybe it maybe won't make as much money as like the cheaper made porn mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, think about it. if you're a woman and you you respect yourself, you respect your platform, blah 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 blah. Imagine like you go and you get shot, right? And you fuck this dude, and you just don't look your best. Yeah, like the lighting's horrible, the makeup shit, blah 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 blah. Well, one thing it, lighting does so well, like it can hide things, and you can curve certain things. You mm-hmm. can women can look smaller. You know, like there's just so much you can do with proper lighting. So I, I think that's just being a professional and, and adding value to what women are trying to do. And, you know, I think if they take, you know, when, once you present yourself with that quality, I think the women will appreciate that. It's the kind of man you need. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, he thinks about like things like you looking pretty, which should yeah. be the focal point of porn. Yeah. I mean, you're not looking at the guy. You no. want to see the, the woman. Right. In her best light. Also, one thing that bothers me is like, how come the girls that have big tits, why aren't they always doing reverse cowgirl? Like, why is that not? I mean, that bothers me. Like, you're telling me you've got 
a girl with big tits and she's only on top and she's just faced the other way where I just see her ass, that stresses me out. And that there should be more said about that. Yeah, scroll through, scroll <laughs> like through. I, there should be more said about it. Like yeah. I think if I got a woman with big tits, like reverse cowgirl every time. We're gonna watch them things bounce. So I'm just like it just like this I I watch it, it's weird to watch it like, like to please myself. It. And yeah. then at the same time, I wouldn't critiquing the porn yeah. you're I watching. Like, I would, I would, <laughs> after you get done. Yeah, yeah. but that post nut clarity, like, you know what? I don't know that I was as into that as I thought. Yeah. Oh no, that's almost all of them. Like, yeah, it's like, wait, I could have done a much better yeah, job than that. This is not my best. This was not the best performance. But I think I just there's so much just Real, like porn that's just really like maybe they put a lot of effort into it but I don't feel like they did yeah I feel like they just brought some fucking lights in pointed them to the ceiling and fucking started shooting on a handy cam and mm. like great if that makes some money but it's just not I don't know I think when someone ra- really dives into the idea of people's kinks I mean I think if you can do that on a respectful level I think you can make so much more money yeah that's why I don't watch porn but well, I don't think like, women just, have to, though. Uh, not really. Um, but also because it is so choreographed and yeah. like amateur porn, different story. But just this other stuff that's main, it just doesn't, it just doesn't do I'm anything. I'm stuck in a washer. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm stuck. Yeah, like I said, I'm stuck under the bed. But What's see, with that's, the storylines? I'm here for storylines. Those lines. are things that I can't stand. And yeah. I think if it's just passionate, that's believable. And mm-hmm. I think the passion within itself is a kink. That people maybe people don't realize they have, yeah. but it, it's it's sexy. It's it like it really lures you in. Then you're like, bam, I'm done. Like fuck, we gonna come back to this one though. I think that's <laughs> why I like the Tommy Lee and the Kim Kardashian one were in Paris Hilton were so popular because one celebrities it and it seems it, there were like, real sex tapes yeah. from home. And see, that's what I'm saying. Amateur porn is different for me. Yeah, because that is that is real life. Like the mm-hmm. it's not faked mm-hmm. and all. They're like, okay, we'll come now or yeah. do this. Because I know how porn behind the scenes works. So for that amateur porn, different because that's real. But the others, it's just. But you know what she could do? Like oh, this God. just well, this just give you an idea of like how my <laughs> mind works. Well, like I'm always branding. I'm always trying to find value. You know, like you said, what's his name? Adam Twenty Two. Yeah. Okay, like that's smart. That's genius way to you know to brand yourself is to have a podcast with a girl and then fuck her, or whatever. Like that's a that's that's next level. Mm. I appreciate that. But she could do the same thing. She but without fucking anybody, she could be the madame. And have the podcast and then have the two people that are about to fuck on the podcast. Boom. Oh, like pre pre porno. So they meet each other the first time on uh, during the interview during the podcast. And then the next thing, if you like each other, let's go fuck. There, no, there's no if they like each other. That's <laughs> the, uh, He's that's like, it. we're paying for this time. Like yeah. Yeah. So they show that each other. They're, they're paid actors. Oh, not, yeah. I see. But yeah. that could be the porno. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you heard it first. <laughs> on Lincoln Podcast. I mean, she could even sit in the corner and watch if she wanted to. And just kind of text her phone. And just text on her phone, whatever. Uh, good job. Just kind of like be their hype man. Like, yeah. okay. I mean, but that would be a good brand. Think about that. Yeah. She would be the woman version of him, except she's not devaluing herself. Because we know how when women fuck men, they apparently devalue themselves. So she's not having to do that. She's got a man and a woman like they're doing that, yeah. and I'm just creepily. So she she's doing nothing but gaining her value. Yeah. On that podcast, does does Adam Tweedy pretty much drive the podcast? Yeah, I mean he's a podcast host. Is he, are they married or are they just in a relationship? Uh, he I think and they're, Lena. They're engaged right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah so they both. It's their podcast, but he does kind of seem to take over, over it. Yeah. yeah. 
I know she has her own podcast too. I haven't watched it. I've only she, watched theirs together. Is it yeah. the same premise or no? On oh, her okay. own, she just talks like deeper stuff with girls that they don't talk about on the Plug Talk podcast. Oh, okay, but see, you could easily get women to do it because you know, like that was my brand when I shot porn. I shot all women on women. Oh shit, really? So you could literally just get women to do it until you know you get a big enough platform, and then I just I think you know anytime you involve men, things just get you know. <laughs> Harder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like the guys can't keep it up, and well, no, I just, I, it's just a, it's a different space when you involve men, yeah. you know. So, so the sensual porn that you would shoot, um, would those have men, or would those just be only women? Well, you would. Ha- I feel like you'd have to branch out. Like, but yeah, if you're really talking about real money. Yeah, just I feel like you'd have to branch out. Yeah. You got a lot to think about. I do. I mean, you know, I, like this is this is something I told her. Like, this is something that could turn you into whatever you're making now to seven figures. So, I mean, what are you really investing in? Maybe between thirty and fifty grand, and that's just legal stuff, websites, hundred k. Yeah, oh, <laughs> that's boom, boom, because I mean, if you think about, if you think about, like, if I'm doing the, I'm doing the content creating, I'm doing the vi- photography, the videography, I'm doing all the brand work, I'm doing like you're cutting out a huge portion of those profits. Yeah. Of, I mean, obviously, I would charge her, but like starting up, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah. I, that would just like, okay, just go invest in the shit. You get the girls, or if I need help getting the girls, fine, whatever, to get this started. I'm telling you, I mean, porn is, we're talking about billions of dollars. Are you self taught? Like as far Wait as a like minute. The- <laughs> I had to think. <laughs> Watching porn? <laughs> yeah, that would be weird if I wasn't. It's like, yeah, that's not my personal time. <laughs> like photography, videography. And yep. like editing and all that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's Isn't that amazing. amazing? Yeah. yeah. Do you have a background with computers? You said Python, right? <laughs> pipeline. Pipeline. Oh, pipeline. No, what yeah, was I was that? a surveyor. Oh, uh, yeah. sometimes I thought Python, like the computer, like the computer no, thing. Right. Yeah, Pro Pro. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. Wow. But that would be a good brain for you. Yeah. And just Devin XX Steel. He's got the name already. I know. That's good. <laughs> I like it. I'm about my money. And it sounds like it sounds like <laughs> a stage name, but it's a real name. I mean, why not? I I think like how could that go wrong? Like tell me, how could it go wrong? I honestly don't see it. I feel so. ganged up on. I mean, no, no, but see, the thing is the podcast, what's so great about the podcast is for all platforms. And then guess what? You can promote that on anything, which kind of gets you through the the loops of promoting porn. And then boom, you got your porn. So you just found a loophole to promote your porn. And then you're not having to do the porn itself. True. You're just the madame. Yeah. I mean, you already had a porn party. (laughs) What a great, way to great (laughs) We haven't done it since. But, but I'm gonna say, but it. I'm gonna tell you the porn, the porn <laughs> space, like the porn atmosphere is way better. Yeah, and I don't mean that on a just because like it's just people, like it's just people leave their trauma at the door. Yeah. So it's just like eh, whatever. We're naked. We all have mental health issues. So let's just make the best of it. You should do it. Damn. I mean, you gotta you <laughs> watch porn either way, so you might as well get money off them. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, I love how these are just like conversations that we have. Like daily, and now it's like yeah. But like, think about how many, how many women want to first players. time. Think about how many women want a first time. Like I see this on Facebook all the time. How many women want a first time experience with another woman? Boom! Here's your opportunity. Yeah. Like I can't. And then it's you the could, comfortability. And then you could brand that. You could just brand that at the beginning of the show. Yeah, it's comfortability. Mm. 
Like that's almost like the whole virgin thing, whatever. So the whole virgin thing. Yeah, I mean it's a kink. It is. Oh man, I was reading something one time from Bunny Ranch. A virgin had sold her virginity to someone overseas at the Bunny Ranch in uh, in Nevada for like over a hundred thousand dollars. The fuck? Yeah. Something about, I, something about that purity being the first man, I guess, yeah. to ever. It was a shit ton of money. But she was a virgin. She was like uh, 18, 19. This was years ago. And she had sold her virginity at the Buddy Ranch for a disgusting amount of money. She's smart. She I mean, is. Like, wh- whoever had a good time losing their fucking virginity, yeah, I'd rather I make, point. You might as well make, <laughs> make money on some money. Yeah. I, think she, I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think she said something like that. She's like, you know, I'm not going to be a virgin till I'm dead. Right. So why not charge? I think she paid for, like, all of her student debt. And everything. Yeah, she's like, why not make a shitload of money? I think it was a lot more than 100000 Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it was, like, seven-something. It like, may have been. way up there. I remember it being a disgusting amount of money, but, I mean, like, it. that's what it was worth to them, like, just being the first person like taking the Virginia being the first man ever there you're like you being untouched by anybody else yeah I guess it was just like a power play I'm not I don't know <laughs> I would have paid that much three million it was three million, million? Three what million. he said Fuck. I feel stupid <laughs> like Jesus I don't know about y'all stories losing your virginity but it's not that interesting <laughs> <laughs> For me personally, three your, three three about? million dollars. Imagine just the pocket change, like yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, Virginia. What was your virgin story? Um, you were thirty and <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> just Fucking... choose violence. <laughs> just choose violence. No, I was twenty two. I was super super late to the game. Yeah, and I was twenty two, and uh, I was hanging out with this girl named Allison for a long time, and then one day we just did it. And we, you know, we had sex, and that was pretty much it. Did it last long? It's just awkward. No, not at all. It was just, I mean, she was just, you know, getting on top of me and just doing this, you know, and, like, that was it. Yeah. Like, I honestly don't remember how long it lasted because I know it wasn't long. Yeah. And I lost my virginity, and I woke up the next day and told all my friends about it. Yeah. That's <laughs> so, what you're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's just not, nobody has, like, a good, oh, I'm sure somebody out there does, but yeah. not, 90% of the population like I would absolutely now looking back, I would have sold that shit for three mil. <laughs> Hell I yeah, sold that shit for three mil. You, I gave it to a man I don't even talk to. A boy I don't even talk to anymore for way fucking less. Oh, <laughs> Took your chilies. Yeah. <laughs> That's my branding. Yeah. I know. What was yours? I was in a car. Same. Yeah. And I think I was like twenty one at the time. Okay. Yeah. And that was it. Did just she just get on top of you or like? Actually, I think I went to my my older sister's apartment complex because I knew <laughs> the car there. Yeah. It's safe over here. Were you scared that somebody's gonna like walk up on you? No, I had tenant windows. Oh, okay. What car was it? Oh, this is. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this is twenty one. Yeah, my bad. But yeah, Man. that was my weak story. Yeah. See, they're just. Uh, just we need to find somebody. Like maybe somebody has now. like a good story. Like you can give them. There has to be out somebody. There has no. to be somebody out there that has like this wild, crazy like story of losing their virginity. Like I know it's a thing. I lost my virginity in um, Oak Grove Baptist Church women's uh, bathroom on a sofa. <laughs> 
that's just blasphemy. <laughs> I think I lasted. I think I lasted about as long as I could hold my breath. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, like, yeah, well, let's find them. That yeah, good let's virginity do story. Yeah, yeah, like, like the, whoever has the best virginity story. I'm gonna ask my friend Adrian to start looking for friends that might have one. Yeah, it's got to be out there. There's there has to be something like wild, like. Oh, girl, it was so great. We should do a survey on your Instagram. Yeah. Do a poll. Yeah. Then you can find out from your people. Yeah. I'm sure it's like you said, there sure is a good one. Like, you know, you you would want to hear somebody say, oh, yeah, you know, I was with this guy and we went, he took me, we went out and then we went to the hotel and it was all flowers and right. you know, we were like 19 right out of high school and, you know. Better than my fucking right. story. She was doing this, and that was it. I want to hear something about kidnappings and guns. <laughs> it better have been a drug dealer, yeah. and there was a drug bust mid loss of virginity. Something. Well, he said he'd give me an eight ball if I yeah. had sex with him. You know? <laughs> and hey, it was worth it. <laughs> Speaking like of more problems, me and my boyfriend <laughs> had fun with it. Do a lot of guys bust in the back room? <sighs> so it's it's been a while. Um not a lot of people are wired that way. Yeah. You have to think about it. It's not real penetration. You're just grinding. Yeah. But there are people, and if I was a man, I think I'd want to be one of those people where I could just walk through the grocery store and, and I could just bust a nut off friction. It, I feel like it'd be nice. Yeah. But <laughs> very few people are wired that way. But there are people that just off like mere friction will get off. Mm. So it's... It's not as common as you would think, but it's more common than you would think. It's not like it's every single night, mm. you know, that's an overkill, but it's more common than you would that like just so what like Forrest Gump kind of. Huh? So you think like on average, a song is around like between what, four and five minutes long. Yeah. I mean, there's and so in less than six minutes, let's say like two songs tops. I just just off friction. Jesus. And it, yeah, there was a regular at a club that I worked at in Mississippi and that was his, that was his thing as he could literally get off in like two or three songs. And so girls that had been there for a long time, obviously avoided him because mm. <laughs> they knew better. So he would go after like new girls yeah, that didn't know anybody. Oh, he got me. <laughs> He got me. Why does it smell like a pool back here? It's just like a rite of passage at that club. Well, at least at the time it was like every girl there at some point had had an experience with him after they started working there. <laughs> and like we just knew him as that guy. Oh, um, so but that was that was his thing. And he wouldn't tell you. Yeah. And he would just like he would just come. And it would only take like two songs. Wow. It was notorious every time he came in. I don't know how it's physical every single time, just within two songs of just for just grinding on him. It would come. He's calling wild. He's calling like his manager buddy. Hey, are you getting new girls yet? Any new girls this week? <laughs> right. you know, or whatever. Like Fresh Oh yeah, meat. man. We have five girls this starting today. Yeah, he's like looking for the menu. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Jesus. But I mean, yeah, so yeah, some people are just wired that way that they can they can get off just off. Somebody just grinding on them in their lap. What about like anything like super weird that's happened back there? Super weird? Yeah. Do guys like moan back there? Oh, yeah. It's gotta be a little weird. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. 
Like, I mean, they're really trying to, like, live out this fantasy like you're fucking, but you're, but you're not. Yeah. Like, you're literally just giving them a lap dance, and they'll, they'll take it too far. <laughs> they what, will about, take it. what about dance wood? Dance wood? wood? So, like, you know, you get hard when you're dancing, like, you know, like, you go to just, like, a dance club or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, is it more embarrassing for the girl not to know she have a boner or to know she have a boner? I think not to know. So that means your dick's, like, super small. Yeah. Do you ever get dance wood? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like it's weird if you don't, though. And I feel like as a dancer, it would, I guess, kind of feel like a rejection uh, if you didn't. Interesting. If that makes sense. Like, so this isn't this isn't really doing it for you, huh? Like, you're not really attracted or but it could be mental. It doesn't mean it like, you know, they had a long day or something like that. But I uh, I mean, I guess as a dancer, you could I kind of would feel like a rejection if you didn't. You, like you weren't a really into comedian it. Comedian that see somebody not laughing at their jokes. Yes. Exactly. Like, I'm up here telling jokes, motherfucker. Why aren't you laughing? Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Like there's no physical reaction to what I'm doing right now. I would kind of be like, like you don't want to touch me. Not even a butt cheek, like nothing. Because I feel weird when when people don't even like they don't interact at all and they just sit there. They don't talk to you. They that's don't. That's super weird. Yeah, I, that would be me. The, oh, you? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my friends. Like, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> that would be me. I don't. I want to. Like, I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> this pervert. <laughs> He's like, I'm going all in. I'll be Christopher Columbus in this motherfucker. True. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well, I appreciate your time. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Hopefully one day you can come back again. Yeah, for sure. I, I would absolutely come back. I'm excited. And thank you, Joel, for talking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And that was, I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. Bye.